10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2,
Welcome to the Tally Ho Show with me, Andy. And me, James. And uh, thank you all so much for coming by and tuning in to episode 5 of the podcast. Hopefully you're having a, a very, very good day, whether you're listening to this live on a Sunday on Twitch TV or you're downloading this on the podcast as well. And uh, we're not alone. Me and James are not alone on this episode. We have another special guest. Hello, everybody. It's the soothing voice you just heard right now. It's none other than Sophia, aka Ram the Dragon. How are you today? Woo! I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited that we finally got to do this. The hype. <laughs> yeah, we we were tr- we've been trying to do this for for a good couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, three weeks. Three weeks, but we we got it now. It's done. We're here. Everything's all good. The train is certainly trucking along now. And none of us are ill as well, which is even better. Yes. I can't wait for it to go off the rails. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I, know it goes, I know it goes off the rails during the introduction, so we should be all right there. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, you, you're going to expect maybe a lot of puns on this episode, just, just as a heads up <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> if you like puns, good. Uh, but yeah, no, as I say, yeah, we have Sophia, okay, Ran the Dragon, coming uh, on the show today. We're going to be talking to her a little bit about herself, like what games does she like and what does she do uh, on the interwebs. Uh, we've also got some uh, really good topics to talk about as well. Uh, great music, and of course we have the one and only Throne of Games, where our Queen Bayonetta, who is on the throne, is she going to be surviving for another week? Or will this new competitor that Ram has... Will they take over the throne? You'll just have to tune in to find out. That'll be coming after the first music break. So, yeah. So, as I say, it's, um, we tried to do this a couple of weeks. We're back on, ready to go. So, as I say, uh, how are you today, James, by the way, quickly? Hopefully you've been, uh, been yeah. keeping well. Yeah, really well. And thank the Lord in Britain, it is sunny at last. After all the trouble we've had with winter, it's nice to actually be out in the sun, which I bloody love. 
So I'm quite happy being out of the sun. I've been mostly cycling around. It's just awesome. But uh, apart from that, yeah, I've been pretty good, mate. Just hanging around, surviving, just trying to sort out. And hopefully by the, by the time we do our next show, I'll be in a new house. Ooh. Ooh. Fancy. Very I know, fancy. it's exciting. I am back. Oh, and the only downside is I've got adult stuff now. That's awful. Yeah, you got you got you got all the adult uh, you got the adult. I'm so things. sorry. Adult responsibilities, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, you got you got a mortgage to pay now, mate. <laughs> I got a mortgage to pay. No. You're an uh, official adult now. No. I'll just stay I'll just stay renting for ten plus years until I feel like I want to move <laughs> to the next level. <laughs> just live with your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that happens for me to go though, so that's probably why I need to go. <laughs> It's like, yep, it's time for you to, like, leave. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's okay, so... They've already yeah, packed your bags for you. Yeah. Oh, no, seriously. I, I said I'll think about moving now. So next thing I know, I've got my mum and dad started to buy me something. I'm going, yeah, you should get this basket. You should get this. You should get that. It's like, hold on, I'm not even moving yet. So, oh, I can't be ready. Need to be ready. It's like, not for another few months. You're still going to be ready. So, yeah, I've been there kind of wanting me to get out by now. <laughs> Oh bless! Oh bless! Well, that's exciting, that you say you're getting a new house and uh, everything. Have you got like a firm move-in date yet, or is that still up in the air? Still up in the air, but we think the seller wants it done by the fourth of May. So potentially, nice. so potentially fourth of May, fifth of May, sixth of May, we should be yeah, which is better because it's both about that's both me. Oh. Oh, oh no! I think you you cut out there, James. <laughs> it was you and your dad's. <laughs> Oh no. You, oh no, it was you and your it dad. It did go off the rails. Oh, that was no. right. Ah. <laughs> I need. Okay, Andy. Where's the Spanish flea music for intermission? <laughs> we'll be right back in oh, a bit, guys. Oh, the no. disaster. a disaster. Uh, hopefully, James will be coming back very soon. Hopefully. And we'll find out exactly what it's him and his dad's. I, put it in the chat, guys. Um, it's, it's him and his dad. It's him and Fill his dad. Blanks. Blanks. Speaking of chat, thank you to everyone that is chatting right now in the chat room. Hello to uh, <laughs> Green Viper 8, Firestar, SJ. Uh, we've also got uh, the Random Genius, aka Ian. Hello to you, sir. And uh, we have Vic. Vic, who just uh, just jumped in. Hopefully, you are having a very, very good day, sir. Uh, there you go. It's him and his dad's blank. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and Ian with the Dusk F. Indeed, indeed. Dusk F. Dusk F. So, whilst we wait for Mr. James, I'm sure he'll be coming back on very, very soon. Let's talk a little bit about you, Ram. All right. All right. So, uh, let's talk about, like, say, you know, uh, what do you do? Like, how, like what do you do um, all around on, like, say, um, projects and hobbies? And also, like, your games. Uh, what, like, what's your favorite game console? Favorite game? Most least favorite game? Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Where to start? Uh, <laughs> no, well, I've been in the internet for a very long time. What I mostly do is I draw. Uh, in fact, I've, I've drawn for a lot of people uh, for a lot of years. In fact, I'm drawing right now. If uh, you'd like to see me draw, uh, I'm doing just some idle doodling all through the show. It's uh, in my Twitch chat. Uh, sorry, my Twitch channel, rather. And you can see me draw nonsense for the next two hours <laughs> if you're so inclined and there you go um, yeah, i just posted a link in the chat right now so if you want to check out what uh, ram's drawing right now click on that click on the chat check it out give her a follow you'll not be disappointed ah oh, thank you um hmm let's see well i am the only person in this uh you know in this podcast 
that is not uh, from Britain, although I might as well be one, um, you know, uh, honorary, an honorary Brit, considering how many friends I've got and the fact that I'm engaged to one, so I may eventually be one. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but I, I actually live in South America, in Uruguay more specifically. So, or as I used to call it a long, long time ago, random country number 12, I think. <laughs> remember I, that? I, I remember that. On the old Eon yeah. days. <laughs> oh, the old Eon days. <laughs> the reminiscent podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> but Andy and I know each other for a very long time. We do. Uh, we do. Probably like around, what, 10 years? Eight eight to ten years something like that I think, we're com- I think we're coming up to like almost a ten year mark holy crud where's, <laughs> where's, the, t- where's the time we're gone? old Andy I know <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> oh, I've got my birthday coming up soon damn it <laughs> um, and um, I mostly draw dragons fantasy things uh, things of the furry persuasion I've drawn things for certain streamers. Uh, if you follow uh, Last Grey Wolf, I've done his his icon and a bunch of like other stuff for um, his channel. Uh, I've drawn a bunch of projects for We Love Fine. They work with licensed, uh, you know, properties. So I've drawn stuff uh, for Marvel. I've drawn stuff for. Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Guild Wars 2. I'm actually really excited about all of that. And it sounds extremely professional, although it's not, in reality, it's not really that impressive, but it's cool. If anyone's interested in like, um, uh, like Guild Wars and stuff like that, all the other stuff that you make, where can, where, where can they find your amazing merch? <laughs> well, I have a site that's mostly for commissions, but I just, I just updated today and it has all my social links uh, which you can find you can find the link to my commission yeah. page oh he's back he lived he lived he- sorry about that guys we had a, a power cut so um, Discord, oh, no. has decided, Discord has decided it doesn't want to be wants, doesn't want me to be here anymore so that's kind of annoying so I my apologies for that guys so what I missed we're we're just we're just talking uh, talking a bit a little bit about Ram and see what she does uh, like hobbies and interests and also her favorite games as well. Oh, awesome! <laughs> um, but yeah, if you go to my Twitch channel, uh, I think one of the first links is my commission webpage, and there you can go to all the other places. I got galleries on Facebook. I got him on Tumblr. I just made an Instagram. I'm I'm a social media freak. I got it. I got it all. All you need now is Twitter and you're sorted. No, and then, except for Twitter. Conquest. I don't touch Twitter. Uh, and then the conquest begins. But hashtags, yo. <laughs> the 240 Never. word cap. <laughs> or letter cap. Please, no. Oh, uh, retweet for giveaways. Yeah, like, um, like follow, and retweet. <laughs> but uh, actually, about games, uh, I almost forgot to answer this part you know the part on the podcast that's about games i almost forgot to talk about games so, so let's what see is, what is your favorite game my favorite game of all time is star fox adventures yes. okay 
And it's maybe a controversial choice, but listen, the things that I like, that game has it all. It has animal people, it has great graphics for a GameCube game, like insanely good. The fur and the water textures are ridiculously good. They have dinosaurs in it. It's a game with dinosaurs in it. You can ride the dinosaurs. Your sidekick is a Triceratops. It's my favorite dinosaur of all time. It's like it was made for me, that game. And that's why I love it. I love it and I've played it a million times and I've beat it a million times. And I don't think I've ever been at 100% because of the stupid cheat tokens that I think oh, I've always no. missed one. Don't and I never on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, as, as Mr. Vanessa says, and these waifu. Or yeah. mostly the waifu of everybody, to be honest. Yeah. I love Crystal. I've cosplayed Crystal in the past. I dare you to find those pictures. Um... Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> goodness, goodness, yes. But other other than that, other games that I really like, um, I've, I love Dragon Age Origins. It's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Uh, I love Guild Wars 2. It's one of my favorite MMOs of all time. Uh, I'm very big into RPG games, action RPGs. Uh, open world exploration sort of games, but I also love busy work games like Stardew Valley and uh, Animal Crossing and things where you just, you know, you work. <laughs> um, but but it's fun, you know. You immerse yourself. You make your own stories. Um, and yeah, those the kind of games that I like. But I'm really open to everything. I've recently been playing Fortnite, even though I'm trash at shooters. Hey. I still play it. Everyone's getting into the Fortnite hype train, and it's so amazing. I really need to get myself <laughs> Fortnite. I'm going to download it tonight, actually, on the PS4, and see what I go on from there. Get it on the PS4, and we'll, we'll play. You're, <laughs> you are on. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll, we, we'll have to team up, mate. You can't kill me. <laughs> Oh, uh, what? what? Yeah, sorry. I mean, you can by negligence. Well, you, you can, but... Ah, yes, the negligence rule. I forgot about that. <laughs> but but we, we have to win. <laughs> sorry, mate, but um, when, it comes to, when it comes to being friends with you or having the chance to actually shoot you in a computer game, uh, you know, I'm just going to have to, mate. Jesus. <laughs> These well, things happen sometimes. It's true, but it's great now because he's, if we do now join up on Fortnite, he's going to be on. He's basically looking at me all the time, going, "Don't shoot me! I'm not shooting you!" <laughs> okay, that's like, "Don't shoot me! I'm not going to bang!" There, I've shot you. Yes. I mean, you can shoot him, but he won't die. I won't die. <laughs> oh, well, great. So I'm going to waste bullets for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so just use it for other enemies. But yeah, so with Ram playing Fortnite, like you know, I only got I've only got one victory on my belt. You've got like how many now? Oh, I've only gotten like four, but it's because my team is very good, and I'm not only four victories. <laughs> it's, it's but it's not. I've got like zero credit to that. My team is is very good. They carry me, and I usually die first, <laughs> and I just watch, and then they win, and that's it. Like I get credit for that. Oh, don't worry. The victory I got, I got like I got carried as well. I killed no one, and my my guy, my buddy, killed like four or five guys. <laughs> I was just like just cannon fodder, just like shooting at him, trying to like cause a distraction. That's all I did. <laughs> oh, exciting! We always we have a couple of uh, new people that just jumped into the uh, to the chat, listening in. Hello to uh, Yuff Rip. Hello to you, hey. and to, and to also. Uh, 
Mazax? Massa. Massa. Yeah. Massa. Mazax. 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 Yeah, you really have to. You might have to say how we're gonna do this. How we say your name, mate. Um, we'll go. Massa. Massa is good. But thank you so much, guys, for tuning And Mr. Venato, aka Iron, has found the image of uh, Ram dressed up as Crystal. So exciting. Yes. Say that. Brilliant. Awesome. awesome. I was awesome. very cold, okay? <laughs> I just want to... <laughs> yeah, I imagine so you were. And nobody noticed how cold I was, because everybody thought I was kind of dressed, but no, I was like completely painted. But it just looks dressed because there's color. But no, I was, I was very cold. <laughs> but still a kick-ass cosplay nonetheless. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. And Massa says, I love the sax. Yes. The sax, the sax, sax is best. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so I think it's time now to get straight on with the uh, with the show and some topics. Oh, before we do that though, James. Yes, buddy. What the heck were you going to say when you <laughs> cut you and you, your dad? You, you you cut out when you said it's my my and my dad's blank. <laughs> and oh, uh, Vic Vic put in safari. <laughs> it's you <laughs> and your dad's safari. You have a safari, James? What? You never told yes, me I this. Yes, do actually. God damn it. Yes. We hunt gamers. <laughs> the, wow. the most dangerous game. Yes. Gamers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I've knocked out some RPG. I've knocked out some RPGs, and I've also hit some uh, first-person shooters as well. They never stood a chance. Wow, that's good. <laughs> but now, what I was gonna say was um, the actual fifth, the fourth, fifth of May, sixth was actually gonna be, but. Um, my dad's and my fiance's dad's birthday because they're both on the same day and nice. also the day we um being and the first got together which is even better so oh, very perfect oh. way to have every person that's, that's cute that's cute happy anniversary we're moving in <laughs> that's pretty much it really you should have like a big celebration on the day once you've moved in and everything oh that's the plan yeah big uh, engagement party and um moving in day as well should be awesome Hey, exciting. Well, I hope that goes really well for you, man. Hopefully the move uh, like goes super, super well. Yeah, definitely. All right. So shall we crack on with the first topic, guys? I you think bet. we should, yeah. All right. So, and this is something as well uh, for people listening in, uh, if you're listening to this uh, live and also on the podcast. If it's your first time tuning in to, sh- uh, to the show, uh, you can send us topics for future episodes. If you want to do that, we had Nightbot that just sent a message on there. But you can also type in exclamation mark tally ho, all one word in the chat. You'll get to our email address, which is thetallyhoshow at gmail.com. Send us a gaming topic subject. Uh, uh, send us a gaming topic with the subject tally ho topic. Could be any gaming topic you want us to discuss, and we may talk about it in a future show. But the first topic we're going to discuss right here, right now, is going to be about handheld consoles. And it, the, the question that I put in is, is this the end for handheld consoles? Because, um, as we know, I think there's rumours going around that the Nintendo 3DS is going to be uh, stopping production and making games next year. Uh, we haven't heard a lot, of, a lot about um, what's happening with the Vita. Um, that might have just disappeared into the abyss. I think there might be still some games getting made for it, but nothing like Sony PlayStation hasn't talked a lot about the PS Vita. And we're also now getting into the, co- to the part where, you know, mobile devices, tablets are now becoming more of a popular thing when it comes to playing games handheld. And also with the Switch. The Switch also being a a home console is also a handheld console as well. Um, So I'm putting in the question right now for uh, 
Is this the end for handheld consoles? Are we going to not see another Nintendo handheld console? Are we not going to see a, like another PlayStation handheld console? Is, uh, or are we going to maybe have a little bit of a hiatus of it until uh, maybe, let's say, maybe five years time or something um, when we might get something? Uh, Ian says the Vita still exists. Yep, the Vita, the Vita still exists, but I don't know if it's uh, still... Oh, it's still making remakes. I was still making games. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But James, I'm gonna pass the uh, this question over to you first. So, what do you think? Is this the end for handheld uh, handheld gaming consoles? I don't think it's gonna be the end of it because, to be honest, even with um, even with the amount of tablets and mobile phones and everything going onto it, um, onto those stuff, I still feel handheld consoles are still gonna be part of everyday life, especially for those who like. For example, you can't really take a console out with you, can you? And that was the whole reason of the Game Boy Advance, the PlayStation Vita, the 3DS, and all that stuff was because you could have gaming on the go. Even though uh, the mobiles and the tablet games are going to probably become even even bigger in the future, it still makes me think that I've, it's probably going to be not the right course for most consoles or more companies. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be basically... I'm pretty sure they're going to keep... No, I keep losing everything. <laughs> uh, basically, I think it's going to happen. The whole co- the handheld consoles are still going to be a thing, even 20 years down the line. At the moment, they may be taking a plunge, but I still think in the future, we'll still have gaming co- uh, handheld consoles easily because you need gaming on the go. And especially at the Switch, the um, power of it is only about two hours long. Whereas you get like the PlayStation Vita or even the old Game Boy Advances, they played for ages. That's where you want a long journey. No, definitely. I um, yeah, I, I agree on that. You say, um, Ram, what, what do you think? What do you think about um, handheld consoles in general? Do you think this might be the mm. uh, the end of them, or do you think this might just be just a little? They might have a bit of a hiatus on it until something else comes up. Mm, well, handheld consoles have. Um like a special place in my heart because the first thing uh, gaming thing I ever owned was a Game Boy Color uh, but mm, it's a it's tough right because as far as I know the biggest consumer base for handhelds is Japan if I'm not mistaken mm. and that leads me to believe that they may still make um, games and handhelds for the Japanese market but maybe they wouldn't be so inclined to do it in the Western market and instead focus on mobile gaming um, and the like. I think it'd be really interesting. You know, now we're starting to see stuff like, you know, Fortnite or PUBG or like in in phones, like games that are actual games, not <laughs> freemium, you know, um, yeah. cow clickers, that sort of stuff, <laughs> like actual, actual games. And I think for a lot of handheld games like like Animal Crossing like oh I don't know like Harvest Moon like those things that that evolve passage of time uh, using a phone would be smarter I guess like it would make more people play them um, but I don't think it's the end I don't think we're about to see like that's it the death of handhelds what I think is that they're probably going to be a little rarer Maybe they will have more exclusives to them, um, but I don't know. I don't think it's the end, but I don't think they're gonna be as prevalent as they are as they were. Because if you remember, like Nintendo would be like one main console, one handheld, 
one main console, one handheld. And maybe now with the Switch, they're like, okay, one main console that's also sort of a handheld, maybe no handheld. Uh, this also saddens me because I only got a 3DS <laughs> like two years ago. Uh, but hey, um, I just I just think maybe it will be it will start to phase out. But I think we still have like another generation of handhelds in store or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. As I say, with, with regards to the Switch, and Nintendo's been, like, at the forefront with, like, handheld consoles, as you say, with, like, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color. I mean, my have my first ever console was the original Game Boy, the, the big yellow brick, and I had Super Mario <laughs> Land. Classic. It was Super Mario Land and Track and Field. That was the games that I had. And, um, you know, that... I honestly, I don't want it. I don't want it to be the end. I mean, it's like, as I say, I've, this, this was a rumor heard that I said, I think Nintendo are going to discontinue the 3DS because of, say, because of the Switch, because now it's like, say, it's a home console and also a handheld as well. So it's like, they're probably going from making two markets into one. Um, as I say, I, I hope maybe it's going to be just maybe give it like say another generation maybe another like five or so years maybe make another console and see how it goes because it's like it's it's weird that they they want to like if it's true you look at the 3ds like all of the 3ds all of the makes all of the models and you see how many sales that have accumulated by just on the 3ds like millions millions it's like and then you hear they're saying that they might not want to make them anymore like discontinue it it's like but you know it's so popular it's like people love it it's like you should at least try and like maybe make something new for it like for um for the handheld maybe not maybe like saying maybe a, a new 3ds or something but maybe a different type of handheld um but i mean it, with, with the switch i mean that's been selling really well as well so i mean it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see and it'll be very it'll be just it will just be, as I say, like quite interesting to see what's going to be happening over the coming years to see how they're going to do it. If uh, they are just going to decide to stick with a uh, home slash handheld console, or if they are going to go with still have the Switch for home and handheld, but then also uh, maybe make a new handheld as well. But the other thing as well is Nintendo are now starting to make mobile games, as we've seen with Mitomo, we've seen with Pokemon Go. We've got Animal Crossing, and we're also planning in the works a new Mario Kart game, which is going to be on iPhone and Android. So that's another that's another thing that's that makes me scratch my head a bit in a way. It's like if hopefully they do make another handheld console, but if they're slowly moving to phone like mobile, it kind of makes you think like, are they going to start making handheld games just for like like tablets and phone devices and stuff? So. It, it does like beg the question really is like are they going to make more handhelds or are they just going to just focus on like making uh, apps for tablets now um well i think the crux of the issue right is that only certain people who have certain phones or certain tablets can play the games hmm. mobile wise right it's it's like pc gaming in an extent uh, because you you need a good enough PC to be able to run all the games that you want to play. Uh, when you buy a handheld, it's it's implied right that everything that comes out for it you can play on that. So there's an ease of uh, 
just consuming. That's a, that's easier than to be like, oh, cool, can I run the Mario Kart game? No, I can't. Oh, but I can run the Animal Crossing one. Oh, I really want to play Mario Kart. Um, but if somebody, for example, they they say that and they go, oh, I really want to play Mario Kart. I guess I'll get a new phone. Nintendo doesn't get any money out of that, right? But if they're no. like, oh, I want to play this Mario Kart, I better buy the handheld. Then they get to double dip there. So it's a bit of a mm, a balance because you know what's what's worth more, like the chance to um, you know captivate a larger audience because everybody has a phone, right? Usually mm. a phone that that has a bit of strength, you know, to back it up. Uh, or do you risk having like a smaller group of people uh, to sell to, but that may be more loyal if you make your own um, handheld? It's um, I don't know. I really don't know. I'd have to I have to like study the market. <laughs> I'd have it to be an actual it economist. Could, <laughs> it could actually be down to the fact as well, the fact that most phones now, when they have games out, and especially consoles. They always seem to add little microtransactions to them. Whereas with handhelds, that was it. You just got it when you, that was it. You paid for the entire game. So I think that's probably one of the benefits of having a handheld console instead of just a normal, like with mobile phones, because you're not, um, because I read sometimes on the mobile phone ones, because I've noticed it with Super Mario, I think it was, you could play it for uh, an X amount of time, but then you have to wait almost half an hour before you can play again, like fully. I think that was, was that Super Mario Jump, was it? I think it was, yeah. Whereas with that, yeah, but with the um, with handheld consoles, you don't have to worry about that. You can just play it and play it for as much as your heart content. Well, but but the thing is that those games, right, they're free. They're free to get in. And how they get you is that then they charge you. Because Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is free up until the point where you want to get stuff done. And then Tom Nook looks at you and is like, hmm, would you like some... Uh, I don't remember what they were called, but like the the Animal Crossing bucks to make this quicker. Uh, but if if they sell you a complete game on a phone, so like imagine like a 30 pound game on the phone, it, assuming we're, we're assuming it will be just like a handheld game like that, just that you will be able to play it on your phone without any microtransactions, hopefully, because if they do both, we're going to have a problem here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... I think that is kind of the microtransaction is kind of the big thing really about uh, without phone games and tablets. Definitely, mm. yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like it's yeah, it's kind of a hit and miss thing when it comes to like that sort of stuff. Um, like say with Super Mario Jump, uh, it's like yeah, you can play the first few first two levels for free, and then it's like hey, you want to get you want to play the full game. Buy it for six ninety nine. It's like mm. you might as well. You might as well just put that on the uh, put on the, like the three DS actually, and then uh, with the whole level, and just pay for the just pay for the game as a one Is that just the yeah. microtransactions? Yeah. I'm just curious, right? Because I don't think anybody has done like an actual game, a full game, a game that you pay like you would pay for three DS game or on a phone. One of those that is just the game, because all the ones I've seen are like free to play, and then they have stuff in it, yeah. or you have to link your social accounts, or you have to pay for to get the rest of the episode, sort of thing. Yeah, sort of that. But if if you were to get a game that you can play from start to finish on your phone 
how would that fare? Like, would people actually buy it? Would people play it? How how much would people play it? How much money would you make? I don't know. Uh, I think there's cases to be made on both sides. Um, those two. Yeah. Because you've also got, like, uh, one uh, thing, like the Phoenix Wright series. Now, you can get that on the DS and the 3DS, but you can also get it on your phone. And I think, if I recall, I don't know, that you can play the first case for free and then you have to pay the others. Yeah, it's with, uh, it's with all, I've got them all downloaded on my phone, but yeah, it's pretty much, the first case is completely free, but then it's a case of you can pay for each episode separately, or you pay one off at one off price and you get all of the episodes. Ah, there you go, see. So it's kind of just like, in a way, if you have like a game that's on a handheld console and also on a tablet mobile device, you kind of just like, which, which one would you get? Like, would you get the console or would you get the handheld? Like, buy the game. You got all of the uh, all of the cases sorted, or you get the phone, the, the tablet version, where it's like you get one case for free, and then you have to pay for all the other cases if you want to progress. It's kind of like, mm, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how how it all works out with that. Um, regarding into the chat, uh, we're just jumping in right now. As I say, um, said at the beginning, Ian Random Genius says the Vita does still exist. Uh, there's still going to be games for it, such as new. There's a Catherine remake, which is going to be on the Vita, which is uh, exciting. Um, we also got uh, Yahoo saying what about the new 3DS XL yeah I mean and we also got the 2DS XL which recently just came out um, so maybe they I don't know if they're going to be making Nintendo might make some more DS models just for it to keep going or if they make a new handheld uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, Mr. Vanilla says keep in mind another Nintendo uh, patent was published 10, uh, 10 days ago for a handheld device with that long link there um I don't know, what image is that? That'd be interesting to, well, when that loads up, interesting to see. Uh, Vic says, I think the 3DS is kind of pushed more during the transition from the Wii U to Switch because at the time it was the only thing outside of Amiibo that made the money as for today. You kind of see more Directs only focused on Switch rather than 3DS. That is true, we are, like most direct, most Nintendo Directs now are pointing out on the Switch um, rather than the 3DS. So I think you do see the 3DS every now and then, but it, it's more of the switch which kind of like it makes you scratch your head a bit thinking like what is happening with like the ds in general is like are, are they going to be making more games because like last month detective pikachu came out so it's like they are still making like new games for the 3ds but it's just a matter of time it's like how long is it going to be until like they decide to go completely discontinue the uh the handheld in general Saying that though, I've actually had a look at this pattern now that um, they've kindly given it to us. But the looks of face, it looks like a double, it looks like a full screen uh, Game Boy Advance. Uh, remember the Game Boy Advance SP you used to have, you know, the little flip up one, looks like a laptop sort of thing. Yep, yep. Yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a up to date model of that, if I'm honest. The images, oh, the images that you're looking at now? Yeah, the images I'm looking at, oh, the pattern, because yeah. at one of them, I think it's on page, it's supposed to be one, um, I think it's on, well, it's definitely one of those pages, but it looks like a bowling one, but it's going over two pages, but you've got the finger going over both. Oh, yeah, no, I so see if it. If they, they do something like that, that, I think that looks pretty good, actually. That could do something. Looking very, very thin. <laughs> I think um, the, the main... Uh, interesting thing about the Switch is that it's meant to be able to take gaming and games that are traditionally not handheld into handheld because obviously you need a specific team 
and development cycle for games made specifically for handheld. Obviously, you can't use things that are too graphically intensive, or you can't use things that are too memory intensive or too battery intensive. But if you get it with the Switch, the way that it's supposed to work is it takes all those games, like Skyrim, right? Mm. You can't put Skyrim on 3DS. I'm sorry, or maybe you can, I don't no. know. Does it run Skyrim? Is that the new, does it run, you know? I know, it's, um, got, it, it, it's got access to Switch, they might find a way to put it into it. We'll find out in, but, the, in the tree in the tree house, E3, Skyrim on 3DS. Yeah. Skyrim on 3DS, <laughs> maybe it works. You know, Todd That's Howard it. would love Finally. that. And then finally at the end of it, I mean, for, for next year, Skyrim on the Game Boy. No, Skyrim Demastered. Demastered. For the, for, the for, for the Game Boy. But, you know, games like Dark Souls, which you definitely can't put that on a 3DS, but you can take it on the Switch. Obviously, I don't know exactly how long you can play it on the Switch, but that's what's very interesting about that kind of console, that no. if you do that, then what's even the point? Because why would you play a handheld game if you can have a console that plays console games that you can take with you? Exactly. Uh, you know, why would you play Pokemon with little 3D models when you can play Pokemon in HD? You know? Exactly. Um, so and it, and that is. And I'm saying that though, I'm pretty sure they will never put Dark Souls on a handheld console because the amount of times you die in Dark Souls, you will chuck it. As you yeah. chuck a console out. <laughs> You'll throw it and hit someone in the head, they'll have to go to hospital. It's like, what was the cause of this injury? Someone threw their handheld device oh. at me. Dark Souls, oh, definitely. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Oh. Nah, I feel <laughs> you, man. It's okay. You're exempt. They'll just, it'll just be like, what was your cause of injury? Dark Souls. Phil, we got another one. <laughs> got another one of them. Um, Dark Souls, it's... Goodness. Uh, we also have, as I quickly, just controller tape that has jumped in. He says, uh, he says also, hey, it's morning. Kill me. Oh, gosh. Tally, how are you? Ark, how are you, sir? He says, uh, we talked about phone games, about handhelds. They have lots of them. Uh, these are Battletoads. Um, the Battletoads are just buy games, play games on the iOS store. Also, the play, this case for free, buy the rest is just shareware work. And that was well, uh, that was well beloved. Interesting. And then he also says he's getting uh, Spyro on the Game Game Boy Advance flashbacks. Oh, God. Who remembers that? Oh, <laughs> because yeah. the handheld was cheap. Did they have, like, a crossover between Spyro and Crash Bandicoot on the GBA? They did. They did. They had uh, Spyro going into Crash's world, Crash going into Spyro's world. I, ne yeah, I, I never played those games, but I, I've, I've seen playthroughs, and I'm kind of like, okay, I mean, interesting. <laughs> If Crash Bandicoot doesn't make an appearance in the new Spyro Remastered trilogy, I'm going to be very disappointed in them. <laughs> who, who knows? I mean, it's like, we, we, if you put the cheat code in the Crash Insane trilogy, you get something with, like, rumours of, of, like, a Spyro remake. So, I mean, they might do something with Crash. Just have to, uh, have to wait and see. Uh, Mr. Bernardo says, uh, Skyrim, technically, yes, uh, for the special edition. And the vast majority of mods, which are good for free. We also have Roll. Roll just jumped into the uh, to the uh, chat. Hello to you, sir. Is, does it have paid mods? Real question. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But you download it on the Nintendo eShop. <laughs> you download the mods. Uh, the horse armor and the mud crabs and all of those things. <laughs> it's going to happen now. Uh, if it, if this, I'm, I'm going to expect an E3. <laughs> but but actually, what controller, what controller tape says actually about handheld making being cheap that's actually very true i don't know how it stacks up uh mobile versus handheld in terms of costs of making it because we all know that mobile games are really 
know, shovelware, a lot of them. Um, but if they were to make a proper game that runs on phones, how how much would that cost in comparison to to handhelds? That is that is absolutely true. Yeah, I don't know. Especially if you think about phones getting ex- more and more expensive every day with handheld. Co- it's a bit. It's some of them are even uh, handheld consoles are a hell of a lot cheaper. Oh yeah, that's true. Because it's like you're getting the new like iPhones, new Androids, you're getting like the Google Pixels. And you look at them, they're like like five, six, seven hundred dollars just for the phone, yeah. and it's kind of like. Yeah. Without, yeah, like the Switch as well, it's only like $200 or $200, $300 as well. Yeah, and it's like, like a DS, you get the new 2DS, $199. It's like, what would you go for? <laughs> just to play games. It's like, yeah, just go for the handheld console because it's cheaper and you get like more better variety of games as well. And the games that you buy... And generally buy. better quality. But... Exactly. Yeah, definitely. They won't crash on you often. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we also have, uh, we don't, uh, Mr. Vanilla says we don't speak of those games ever. <laughs> and uh, just quickly as well, we'll just see what else is being said in the chat and then we'll go for a conclusion. Um, we also, ah, one thing uh, Art Controller Dave did say is you're forgetting a huge swath of Nintendo's uh, demographic, which is parents. And that is true. Yeah, so I mean, it's like a lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, par- yeah, you probably don't want, you know, to give a phone to your kid to play games with. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you don't want to get them the latest and greatest. If you can buy them a machine that plays video games Mm. made by Nintendo, it's probably, you would feel safer, I'm guessing, I'm not a parent. You would probably feel safer than if you go, here's a phone, please don't bankrupt us. Yeah. And as you yeah, said, that whole thing goes back to the microtransactions again, because some kids will basically start... Uh, I've noticed that in the past, some kids will probably basically tap to play, and of course it builds up a lot of it builds up a lot of money for the parents. Whereas with the handheld consoles, you don't have that sort of chance of that happening. Mm. And it's like, also what Ark says as well, because he says he... Because with his son, he says he has a son, and he has a DS, because he got, he got the DS. And uh, but he mentions it's because it will it's it survives and that's survives. also true it's yeah. less fragile than a phone yeah <laughs> that if you sneeze on it it uh, odds are you can crack the screen that's can, absolutely true like i think he's like talking about the ds is that like the original ds you're talking about arc or is that like the um like the 3ds because if it's if it's like the, the, the you know the original ds it's like if you drop that thing it still works <laughs> so. You do many things with that DS, and it would like. That's what the that's why the two DS was made, wasn't it? It's just like, hey, well, that and like, if you don't want the 3D, which most people don't use regularly, like, hey, here's a really bulky thing that your child won't break. Promise. Yeah. As he says, 2DS XL. Yeah, that's the thing. Because that that's one thing. Yeah, because I I got a 2DS XL because I don't I don't use the 3D. But the 2DS was a good thing to have, you know, for like say kids in a way. So it's like yeah, so it's, and it's a bulky console and you know it's it's perfect for them. So yeah, as I say, if you're gonna have a choice between who, what are you gonna give your kid a 2DS or or a phone to play games <laughs> or uh, the latest iPhone? Yeah. Latest you know latest what? iPhone for one thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I'll take the hit. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Vanato says correctly, get them the latest and greatest flip phone. Yeah, that's it. Give them a DS and give them a flip yeah, phone. The, that the Motorola has... Razor. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So retro. <laughs> I used to own one of those. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, just give them $5 of credit and just tell them, say, call me in an emergency. That's it. <laughs> 
it's the only reason why you have a phone. Um, but yeah, anyway, getting into a conclusion now. Also, hello to uh, Jinjos. Hopefully you're doing well, sir. Here we go. <laughs> Awak says, here's a phone. Please don't use Facebook or the internet or anything other than games. Also, this is $700 instead of $100 DS. This is a good purchase decision. <laughs> Listen, the only phone a child cannot break is a Nokia 1100, all right? And sadly, you can't play games on those anymore. You do realize that in thousands of years' time, but aliens are going to come to this planet where we're pretty much, um, like millions of years, where we're all dead, and that Nokia is going to be at 97% battery still. Yeah, it's such a great piece of technology. It still, it still stays alive after so many years. Yeah. I hope in the, in the next Fallout game, they put a Nokia. Oh, I would love it. If they, I'd love it if they put that. I, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense in, in lore, but it would also be really funny. That would be absolutely hilarious. I, I want to see that. But someone might might make a mod of that. <laughs> just, pick up the, just pick up the battery, just pick up the phone, and you have it up, and it just says 97%. And all the way through the game, it just stays at 97%. Oh, goodness. Beautiful. I want to see that happen now. <laughs> Also, any mods up? Any modders out there? There we go. If please do the Nokia. Mods, please make this happen. It's also, like a melee weapon. Oh my god! Yeah, you can throw it at someone; they instantly die, and the phone still works. Hey! And also, if you get a, if you get phone calls, it still has to do the original like. And you can play Snake. Yes. As Ro points out, yeah, yes. you must be able to play Snake. That is the only game you can play. Like, it's, it's the best game to play. No, nothing Why else would compares. Why you want to any say. other? Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Also, Kippy's in the chat as well. Hello, uh, sir. How are you? Hope you're well. So let's go into a conclusion, and uh, then we'll get straight on and play some music, and then we've got the Throne of Games, guys. Who's hyped for that? I am. Woo! <laughs> I am especially hyped. Oh, wow. So, for, for the conclusion, is this the end for handheld gaming consoles? James, what do you think? No, it's nowhere near the end of handheld consoles. I think even with the power of mobile phones and tablets and more gamers now going into the sort of branch of mobile phones and tablets and apps, I don't think handheld consoles are going to die out. In fact, I'm pretty sure they'll probably still be around longer than we will. Ram, what, what do you think? Um, at first, I was a bit in two minds, but actually, after the points that were raised in chat, I think that for uh, that that there's still a demographic that you can give handhelds to, like kids. That's absolutely correct. I forgot. <laughs> you know, as as a gamer in my uh, mid twenties, I forget that video games are sometimes marketed to children. <laughs> so yes, uh, between that and you know. Um, yeah, the fact that people may still want a box that plays video games instead of risking their phone dying or, you know, using it for other things. I think I think there's they still have a bit of life on them. So yeah. Mm, yeah. No, I I'd say that like with the things that were just discussed in uh, in chat as well. It's like I I think honestly maybe we're, we're doubt we're bound to have a new generation of uh, of new handheld consoles and say like. Again, it's a decision, like for your for for parents as well, as Ark pointed out. Like, what are you gonna give your kid? Are you gonna give your kid like a phone to play games on, or are you gonna give your kid like a, a a fun handheld console with like really entertaining games, lots of like entertaining games for kids to play, and cheaper as well. You, you gotta check the price comparison. So it's like you're bound to gonna give like your kid the handheld console. Uh, so yeah, no, I I honestly I hope I don't think it's gonna die out. I hope it doesn't die out, and I hope like 
we're bound to have another generation of handheld consoles like in the, the next say five or so years so that's um what i'm hoping for uh, just quickly as well, Ark says, um, you know, you can have the Nokia and you for the mod, and you can also give them the grey Game Boy, because that will still work if you throw out something. <laughs> That's also true. Oh, I remember when I went to Nintendo uh, that one time that I saw a, um, a Game Boy that had been hit by mortar fire, I think. Uh, oh, and it's the worst. Yes, I heard about this. Yeah, it was, uh, it was warped was and burned yes. and... It had like bubbles in the plastic from just the sheer heat, but it still worked. It still played Tetris. <laughs> I think I remember. Did, is it, it? It still has the game being played, right? If I recall. Uh, yeah, yeah they, was... they like like the screen, the display works. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. I remember seeing that as well when I was at like Nintendo World in New York. It was like, oh gosh, <laughs> it's like that's so hype. Just to think that it's like that piece of tech still lives on despite like. What was that during um, during the Gulf War? I think so. I can't remember exactly the circumstances of it, but the thing was that it was absolutely demolished and still worked. Yeah, I've got it. I've got the picture of it right here. Crazy. Yeah, um, I'll send you a link to it right now. But yeah, like you can see it's just completely ruined, but Texas still works on it. Absolutely insane, man! Oh my gosh. There we go. There you go. There you go. There it is. There's that thing of beauty. <laughs> oh, it's bombing. So even worse. So now mortar fire, actual bombs. Actual so. bombs, and it still survives. That you can just yeah. goes to show that, that console was a legendary console. Oh, oh this thing I remember. Gaming. <laughs> wow. Goodness. Also, Edge is in the chat, and he's, as you know, Edge likes to destroy my apartment, and he's doing it. He's done it again. So thanks very much for that, Edge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note. I think it's now time to uh, time for us to go straight on with our first music break. Uh, I think so as well. So what we're going to be having on is uh, we're going to have a couple of songs uh, by myself. We're going to then have James's tracks, and then we have a couple of tracks from Ram. Exciting, Woo. exciting stuff. So we're going to kick things off right now. I'm just going to grab the music quickly. Um, the second song we have is from a game that I'm actually playing on uh, on on uh, on Twitch. Uh, because I didn't know that the soundtrack was quite funky as all heck. So I've got one of the songs for that. <laughs> You'll listen to it in just a little bit. Uh, but right now, what we're going to have on, once I get this ready, here we go. Yeah, we're going to have on right now, um, Made by Apollo, a.k.a. Ark, who is in the chat. And this is, uh, this is uh, made... Um, little thing he made for dedicated to Night in the Woods, and it is a very, very good, very, very good tune he made. Made by Apollo, a.k.a. Ark, this is unstoppable. Why can't I seem to stay away? 
Tally Ho Show is broadcast in front of a mostly live Twitch TV audience. So, a new journey begins. Come forth, brave warriors, for you must fight for the most ultimate title this universe has ever known. King or Queen of the Throne of Games.
Hello and welcome back to the Tally Ho Show. Uh, so what we just had was Unstoppable by Apollo Merriweather and the Space Station theme from Frogger 2, Swampy's Revenge. Now, as you just currently heard, we are into our next section, which is, of course, the Throne of Games. And this is uh, for those of you who have just joined us today who have no idea what we're talking about. Basically, what happens is we have a little competition going on where two video game characters will take each other on for the ultimate title of King or Queen of the Throne of Games. Now, as you remember, those who remember that last week, Bayonetta finally overthrew my character, Knights, and she is now our current Queen of the Throne of Games. However, because we have a special guest, it's not up to me this time to decide who is our next fighter. It is, in fact, going to be our special guest, Sophia. So, Sophia... Bayonetta hmm. is currently our queen of the throne of games. How do you feel about her currently being the queen? I mean, she, she's earned it. Can't can be mad about that. Yeah, but you are more than happy to look after, look ha more than happy to look forward to taking her off the crown, aren't you? Oh, yes. She, okay. she won't see this coming. <laughs> so, Andy, are you prepared? I've got my notes. <laughs> So I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, for tonight, I will not be taking part in this. It will be up to Andy as our current Queen of the Final Games versus Sophia and her character. So, Sophia, the stage is set. Who mm. is challenging Queen Bayonetta to the Throne of Games? Well, the challenger is none other than the one and only Fox McCloud. We have Fox McCloud joining us. Interesting. So, what mm. exactly? So, 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 tell us about Fox McCloud then. Um. All right. Whew, where to start? Fox McCloud. Let's see. Staple of the Nintendo, one of the Nintendo franchises, uh, has been part of the gaming scene since the nineties. Um. Fuzzy man extraordinaire. Um, should I go on and destroy poor Bayonetta? Or, well, uh, yeah, you know what? Go for it. I mean, I mean, you can talk, I a, little, talk a little bit. Both of you now. I mean, you could talk a little bit more about Fox, and then I can like maybe put my two cents in <laughs> before wow. you try and totally destroy me. I'm gonna try and destroy you. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Do okay, you know, I'm gonna fail. I, I'm just asking if I have to. If I have to be tame to like yeah. now, or do I just you, you go be, on? Be, 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 be a bit. Be a bit tame for this, and then when I start talking about Bayonetta, though, you can just go out all guns blazing. <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna bring up my notes. So, Fox McCloud. First, I want to preface this by saying that I really love Camilla uh, and the work he does and uh, Platinum. Before they were Platinum, they were Clover. And Clover's responsible for one of my favorite games, which is Okami. It's an amazing game. If you haven't played it, I recommend you do. It's, it's great. It's got great aesthetics. And uh, it plays awesome. And the story's great. It's awesome. But that thing, all that said, and despite the fact that I love Bayonetta, I think she's a great character. Nah. My boy Fox. Fox is coming to get this. Let's just start, you know, from the top. Fox... He's not a man who works alone. He's got his crew. And his crew is not just a crew, right? They're the best crew. They got Falco, the absolutely ace pilot, 
cocky bastard, but excellent at what he does. <laughs> they got Peppy, seasoned veteran. You know, in, in certain timelines, he becomes actual general of the Cornarian army. And if you don't think that's impressive, sorry. Uh, they got Slippy. They got Slippy, and uh, and they also <laughs> eventually they can also get Crystal. Moving on. They got Slippy. Uh, he's he tells you the health of bosses. That's useful. Um, but you know, Bayonetta already gets. You know, she doesn't. She just gets it. You know, it's too too easy. If Slippy dies, you're screwed. You just gotta shoot it until it dies. Uh, they get Crystal. Crystal has powers that suit the plot, but, you know, she's telekinetic, she speaks with dinosaurs, and she uses a staff, so she's badass as well. They got a robot, they got an actual robot who gives you bombs. I mean, if you don't think that's impressive, also, sorry to tell you. And they also got allies, they got Cat Monroe, they got Bill Gray, they got, uh... Miyu and Lara, depending on which game you're playing, uh, they got an actual civilization of dinosaurs on their side to help them fight space monsters. They even got the bad guys, they even got Star Wolf to help them out against the Aperoids. So, Fox is just so charismatic, he's so good at what he does, you can just get everybody in the galaxy to help him. You know, he's technically an ambassador to a dinosaur race. How cool is that? Oh, what else? Here's the thing about Fox, right? Fox has skill. He doesn't have magic. Where Bayonetta, you know, she she's a witch and she's awesome. You take away her magic, and she's just got amazing legs and great hair. But other than that, she got nothing. Fox? Fox knows how to drive a plane, a submarine, a tank, a chicken thing, a dinosaurs, different species of dinosaurs, and um, he knows how to fight on foot, he knows how to use a blaster, he knows how to use grenades, some, for some reason, uh, and he knows how to use a staff. Man has got every skill under the book, and he's not even that cocky about it. Um, he... what else? You know what? Fox, he's a troubled man, you know? He, he misses his dad. He misses his dad, his dad's not no longer there, he's been horribly betrayed by, by Pigma. He doesn't go and exact vengeance on Pigma to, you know, wreck him. He, you know, tries to defeat him. And then Pigma gets, like, assimilated into a horrible alien hive mind. But he didn't do that on purpose, alright? <laughs> it just, things happen in the galaxy sometimes. Uh, and, um... He, he, you know, he has to always live with the weight of his dad's death. But here's the thing, right? Bayonetta, apparently, uh, spoilers for Bayonetta 2, she loses her mom, but in Bayonetta 2 there's some time shenanigans, and the mom comes back! The mom is, not, is never dead in the first place. And I say to that, oh come on, look at this fox. This fox, this fox can never run away from the pain of, his, of losing his dad. This witch, this witch just gets her mom back. That's not fair. You know? Okay, just... that is... Yeah, oh, there's, there's so much more to go on, but please. <laughs> it wouldn't be fair. Wow, that well, is a lot to say on Fox McCloud. I'm very impressed with that, Sophia. So, right then, so much energy I could, I could sense <laughs> on that. It's like... <laughs>
So I've got, Added, I've, got a, no I've, got, I've got a few things to say about this, mostly regarding about the games and like the one thing you said, like you know, Fox is an ambassador. He, uh, you know, he does things for his crew and like gets stuff done. Um, you know, he's kind of like also like his team's a mercenary team in a way. You know, he just helping out. Um, despite being that, you know, you think like he could be able to do stuff by himself and he can get the job done by his plans. Yet. He also, he also always gets given orders by General Pepper, who is, you know, part of the Conarian army. Um, for example, where it's like Fox in Star Fox Adventures goes to Dinosaur Planet, and he, he's saying, why can't I bring a weapon? Why can't I bring my blaster? And Pepper, General Pepper's like, oh, of course you're not going to bring your blaster. It's about saving the planet, not blowing it up. Try using your head. It's like, hang on a minute. Hold on. If, if I was Fox, I would have been like, yeah, okay, Fox out. Grab the blaster. I'd be like, nope. As I, I could do what I want, you know. You're not in charge of Andy, me. Andy, Andy, you don't understand. It's about the diplomacy to stop an intergalactic incident. About just going in and shooting everybody. It's about respect for authority. Fox has that. Fox knows when to just take a step back and, uh, and listen to the it, people in charge. It's, but it's kind of funny though, when he says, why can't I bling my blaster? And then all of a sudden he goes, yeah, yeah, very funny. It's like, he, he, he does listen to like, he says, okay, I'm, I have to do it. But it kind of felt like for me, his body language is like, oh, I just wanted to bring my blaster. It's like, he has no choice. So that kind of makes me feel like in a way, like despite him like having his own crew and stuff, he's getting given orders by a general in an army that he's not really a part of. <laughs> Well, but he is getting paid, and that is the crux of the issue. I mean, that's yeah. Man, a man's gotta eat. Fox man and crew's gotta eat. Sorry, Andy, I'm gonna have to weigh in on this. Um, Hang on, this is a two v one. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm bringing in for this because you mentioned about the whole thing about um, he's a general from someone else, but he still decides to take orders. That is what respectful about him, even though he's a different nationality or a different rank, he still respects his authority, which is not what a lot of people would do. I mean, yeah, okay, you got a good point there. Thank you very much for that, Jay. <laughs> the other things, okay, I'm gonna go straight into. I'm gonna go straight into the games, okay. We're gonna go straight into the games because it's All right. kind of funny that you know, mostly you know, because we Star Fox is a great franchise. I'm I'm not gonna deny that as well. But it's funny that you know most of the Star Fox games that we we get we've had um, are Star Fox 64 remakes. The last major game it's... that we ever had was Star Fox Command on the DS. <laughs> no, the last game we had was Star Fox Assault. And that's it. There's no games that came after that. That was it. It was perfect. It was a great game. And if you want to remake Star Fox 64 million times because it's just that good, you go ahead and you do it. But as long as you keep the fox alive. Good point. Yeah, no, good, good point on that. Good point on that. Gonna say. Also, uh, Ian, Random Genius says also Fox became an F Zero racer in an alternative timeline. He does. That is true. He definitely does. He also becomes a peppy like mentor. He also has a kid in an alternate universe, but it's also from a universe that doesn't exist because <laughs> I don't know which what, which game this is. I have never heard. You know, um, this doesn't happen in Assault, which is actually the last game from the Star Fox franchise that's original. So. I heard about it, but, you know, I think it's just rumors. 
could be rumours. You just you just never know. You just never know. Also, like you know, the, the the latest game that did come out, like, but it's not new. It's been made for so many years, just never got made, never got released. Was Star Fox Two, which is kind of funny that it took in like twenty plus years for it to be finally like you know brought in. <laughs> the world was... was not ready for Star Fox Two. <laughs> When it came out, all right? <laughs> but it was already, it was made, it was set, it was perfect. And then all of a sudden, they just went, nope, bang. It was like, could have like brought that in for the Super Nintendo and then get straight, then give Star Fox 64. Because that would have been like, that would have been like having your cake and eating it pretty much. Well, but you know, everybody's complaining about Star Fox 64 and now they got Star Fox 2 as well. So actually, now, now there's another Star Fox game that's not Star Fox 64. Which took 20 years to get to get to that. <laughs> hey, good things come to those who wait. Unless you're Duke Nukem fans. <laughs> yes. Mm, we don't talk about that. We, or <laughs> don't, we don't talk about that, you know, yeah. Like, moving on. Uh, what, yeah, one so other, we got, what one other so, thing I want to mention as well. Um, it's regarding about Star Fox 2, where you see the game that does, that never really existed, or did it, uh, had some interesting mechanics in that in the game. And also Star Fox Zero had a very interesting, like, um, uh, thing happen with, like, the R-Wing, where it turns into a chicken walker, which I thought, when I first saw that, I thought that was absolutely hype. Then I watch a playthrough of Star Fox 2, and I'm like, that looks suspiciously like the chicken walker. The whole map sequence looks suspiciously like coming from that game that we don't even talk about. Like, it never did it exist or not on the DS. It's like taking stuff from a cancelled game and putting it in new games. It's like, where's the originality in that? <laughs> well, it gives you hype to play the original when it eventually came out. So, you know, if, if, in my eyes, it was a perfect marketing ploy. Perfect You're marketing. like, ooh, Chicken Walker, isn't that interesting? And then you go, oh, look, this is where it originally came from. I guess I'll play this one too. It's just, Shiggy had all the cards. <laughs> I don't know, it just felt like maybe like adding something else to it might bring a little bit of originality. But that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> okay, so we've had all the talks about Star Fox. And this is anything else you want to add? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Nope. I've been in my two okay. cents. <laughs> okay, then. In that case, then, we have heard from Sophia about Star Fox and why he should be our king of the throne-up games. So now, Andy, the floor passes to you. Please tell us about our current queen, Bayonetta, and what you think about her. Oh, Bayonetta. So what, what, what's, there to, what's there to talk about? You know, she's one of the most amazing female characters in the gaming universe, I'm just saying. You know, she's an Umbra witch. Umbra witches are, like, they're so cool and amazing and... You know, the, the things with Bayonetta as well, where we talked about early, like earlier on, like in the last episode, you know, talking about her awesome physique, the ability that she has to use gun, like the, the amount of skill and technique that she has to do. You know, you, you talk about like her having like like her Umber Witch powers and stuff, and if she didn't ha get, have her powers, she'd just be like nothing. Not true. The amount of like athletic ability that she has um, and being able to, you know, with using her guns she you know there's some skill like in order to be like you know t doing like backflips side like cartwheels and also like going like just doing all sorts of tricks while shooting enemies that's that's got to have some level of skill to that even if she didn't have her powers just give her a few guns and she'll be set for life 
She's also, as I say, she's been a part of Super Smash Brothers. Of course, we know that Fox has also been on Super Smash Brothers. He's one of the main characters on the, on the, on the forefront of the games. But also, like, you know, uh, she's also been in uh, another game. She's been in Anarchy Reigns, which she is... Yep, you get her as like free DLC in the game, and uh, before I got it, I had like, I think Jack was my favorite character. But then after playing Bayonetta, like, the amount of like maneuvers, tricks, and just like her special abilities that she uses in that game, she's hands down my favorite character in Anarchy Reigns. And like, just the way she like deals with like enemies, like as I say, she's just so cool, calm, collective. She's just, she, she likes to toy with them. She likes to toy with her enemies, and that's, you know, that's just one like unique thing about her you know she's like there could like i said there could be like a swarm of enemies like right behind her dead like deadly enemies that just well you know that could probably kill you in like a split second what does she do she just smiles winks at them and then just like that dead they're all dead and it's like it's just how much of a cool character she is and yeah as i say yeah she has had some problems like you know with like losing her mother and yeah in bayonetta too yeah she gets her mum back that's great you know she, she, she then have like a, you know, a good happy life now that she knows she has like her, her mother back. And yeah, no, I just think she's like one of the most amazing female characters ever to be created um, in, uh, in the gaming world. And I just feel like she should deserve another week for the front of games. <laughs> okay, so Andy's discussed here's the reasons why Bayonetta should remain as I So now, Sophia, let's him have yes. it. Well, okay. I mean, you made a grave mistake talking about Smash Bros, alright? Because uh -huh. he's granddaddy of Smash Bros in the first game on the 64. Who's I there? Know. Fox. Fox yep. freaking McCloud. Mm -hmm. And he's been in every game. Bayo, I mean, I love Bayo, I'm glad she made it, but she's only been in one. And I'm just gonna, like, I'm just gonna put it out there. No one says, as a test of skill, final destination, no items, Bayonetta only. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's Fox only. It's always Fox only. He's the true test of skill. Bayonet. You know, you say, oh, she does cartwheels and she jumps. Fox just blinks, you know, from one end to the other. Just covers himself in fire and shoots himself in the air when you press B up for some reason. But like, <laughs> that also counts, all right? Um, Bayonetta and... has but butterfly wings. <laughs> that if she, I mean... you know, she could just like lift herself up with that. That's majestic as all hell. I mean, that is that is pretty impressive. Bayonetta is pretty impressive. Gun shoes? I mean, I never would have thought that was a good idea, but she makes it work. But, you know, why, why do you have to go for spectacle when you can go for practicality? Which is what Fox does. You now he, he pulls out the blaster, pulls out the reflector. Bam! He's got you. You know? Even Falco, even his crewmate, even his rival all made it in, uh, in Smash before Bayonetta. Because he's just that cool. Like, and everything that's around him is just that cool. And I'm I'm just gonna leave this before, like, the microphone drop. Bayonetta wishes she could be Fox. In fact, she wishes so hard, she even has a Fox McCloud skin in her game. <laughs> Bam. Make drop. But, but she, wow. not, 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 not only Fox McCloud, though, she has other skins. So, you know. She, you say she wishes. She, she has mul There's multiple skins that you can get on Bayonetta 2. <laughs> She could be Link. What? She could be Princess Peach. It's like it's not just Fox. Fox. Well, yeah. That would be very odd to see Bayonetta in a Princess Peach outfit, though. Look at that. Oh yeah, you, you check the images. I mean, she works it. That's the other thing. She could be, and she could dress up in any 
Nintendo character. She could be Fox, she could be Peach, she could be Link. Heck, she could pull off freaking Mario and she would still work it. <laughs> what about you Bowser? Don't, you, don't, you don't need Bale's legs and hair to, to be, you know, attractive. <laughs> Am I right, guys? I'm just saying. Fox, <laughs> Fox got his stuff. You know, you, you may not want to admit it, but you all know. Chat, I know. You know what to vote for. <laughs> Do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard from both Sophia and Andy about their current um, competitors and current queen. So, it is now up to you guys. We're going to be open to voting very soon. But, before we begin, we have to end it off with a little section where, for one minute, both of our... Um, both of our guests will be able to talk about why you feel they sh they should vote. You guys should vote for their particular character and why. And it goes on to the other person for a minute. Then the vote opens, and then it all comes down to you guys in the chat. So, as Sophia, you are our guest for today. I'm going to let you go first. So, you have one minute when I say go to talk about why you believe Fox should be our new king. Of the throne of games are you ready i am ready okay your one minute starts now fox mcleod quintessential character in gaming history marked you know several several generations of consoles and games by being there knows what he's doing absolutely skilled in all forms of art and vehicle driving he is a mammalian ambassador for a whole a civilization of dinosaurs. He's not even that cocky. He's great. He is unique. Star Fox is a unique franchise. Uh, he is mature. He uh, has the best crew in the galaxy. And frankly, I just, I just really like him. That's, <laughs> that's all you gotta know. You got 15 full seconds. That uh, I don't need him. Fox God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough then. Andy, no pressure, but Fox has got <laughs> this. Okay, well I'm I'm ready. Just lay it on me, man. Okay, Andy, for Bayonetta to remain at the queen of the throne of game, your time starts now. Bayonetta, she's technically the first like. When you think about knights being a, a genderless king or queen, but you know, Bayonetta is our first like full, like full queen of the throne of games. She's a number witch. She's badass. She's so cool. You know, like when people think of Bayonetta, you know, people are more hyped for Bayonetta. Like she's one of the top female characters in the gaming universe. She, I feel like she trumps up Tomb Raider for goodness sake. And Tomb Raider's been going on for so many years. She's up there in the in the ranks. And personally, you know. She, yeah, I mean, even if she didn't have her humble witch skills or anything, she's still got that athletic ability. She's still got that skill of, like, taking down enemies. You know, she doesn't need magic. I'm sure if there's, like, maybe Bayonetta 3 comes out, if they take rid of all of her powers, she'll still work it with guns and other weapons and just her, like, athletic ability to beat down the enemies. She is one of the most amazing female characters to be ever created by the amazing company of Platinum Games. And that is why I think it's going to be for the front of games. There you go. And that was time. Okay, guys. So you've both heard, uh, you've both heard the views of why their characters should win. 
But of course, it's not down to me, it's not down to Sophia, it's not down to Addy. It's down to you guys. So, Addy has just released the straw poll. Now you have a vote between Bayonetta and for Fox McCloud. Yes. But so. that is the end of the Throne of Games. So jump out for now, but we will find out who wins at the end of the show. So, guys, you think we should get some music on? Absolutely. I think so. Also, Mr. Vanata says a vote for Fox is a vote for Andy's wife. Who need we say more? You, you like just that, decide. Mate. It's like the polls up. <laughs> so vote away, guys. Hashtag Bayo I know you guys. Life. I know you guys will make the right choice. <laughs> Go, Go Fox. Oh. Go Fox. <laughs> Bayo, Nana, Bayo, Nana. Okay, guys, you've already done your things. Now it's too late. Now it's uh. down to our viewers. Okay, so we're going to carry on and we're going to go on to some fantastic songs that we've got planned. And this time, it's my choice. Indeed. And I've got some two songs that I absolutely adore. And we're going to start off with our first track, which is The Simpsons Hit and Run. It's called Monkey See, Monkey Do. And you're listening in to The Tally Ho Show with me, James. And me, Andy. And our and special Ram. guest. Yep, sorry, sorry about that. And we shall see you guys in just a few minutes.
And welcome back everyone, so hopefully you enjoyed those great tunes that we just played right there. As we say, what we had on just now was from House of the Dead Overkill, that was the mother theme, and then from The Simpsons Hit and Run, that was Monkey See, Monkey Doll. Very catchy tunes there, really do enjoy uh, uh, James's picks. Speaking of James, it's time for our second topic, and it's James's turn, so Mr. James, good sir. What do we have? What do we have today? What do we have for your uh, for your topic? Well, firstly, before I get into our topic, I'm just going to explain, um, set the scene, as it were. So, as all of us are pretty big gamers as we are, we know we, when it comes to a story mode how great it is when we start off at the beginning, we work our way up, we defeat everyone that comes near us, and we earn experience, get all the powers that we want, knowing that we are going to have to face the final boss. And this boss is going to test everything that we have learned in this game to the point where it's life or death. Everything we've learned comes up to this moment. And you go for one punch and he's still, it's still good. He hits another one. And that's it. Game over. You win. What? The hell? And unfortunately, there are some games that are exactly like that. So my second topic is what is your most disappointing final boss battle in gaming history so i'm gonna open up the floor to sophia first is there a particular game where you've got to the final boss and in the end of it you're just like that was it well i'm gonna tell you a story uh and there spoilers there's spoilers for dragon age inquisition in case anybody is playing that, I know Ayn has been playing it, so I don't know if they finished it or not. But uh, that's spoilers. There's also spoilers for Dragon Age Origins, but that game is like, I think like 15 years old now, so I hope you've played it. Uh, so, <laughs> Dragon Age Origins. You are trying to save the continent that you're in from a, a horde of sort of undead, uh, blighted monsters. And they come in in droves, and you're making pacts with each faction that you find, and your choices matter if they will help you or not when the final battle comes. And the final battle is struck in this the capital streets. There's mayhem, things are exploding, death, destruction, until you and your crew and everyone that you gathered with you through your entire game comes out and helps you defeat the menace and drive it back. Dragon Age Inquisition, all right? You are trying to save the world from uh, from a tear in the sky that's dropping magical entities, and, and soon you discover that a mysterious, monstrous character is leading the charge, trying to destroy this land that you care for. And again, with you, the choices and the packs that you make, you, you bolster your alliances, and soon you're able to confront the evil mastermind himself, and you face him, and he dies straight up in like five minutes. You don't even have to sweat it. It every like it it builds up like this is gonna be another one of those fights. It's not. It's not. You just cut through sort of his minions, and you reach him, and he doesn't put up much of a fight. He just he just keels over. There's mini bosses and side quests that are way harder, more climbing. 
epic battles. In Dragon Age Inquisition, you can just go fight dragons, and the dragons are huge and they're heavy, and you can feel like, you know, when they land and they fight you, and every time that they swipe at you, they like take half of your health. This guy is just, that's it, bam, done, dead. I was like, oh, hmm, that did not feel satisfying at all. So that's that's the first one I thought of that one because I was extremely disappointed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, like I have more, but I'd like to share them later. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't. In that case, then we'll pass the floor over to you, Andy. Is there a particular boss battle, a final boss battle, that you think? What was the point of that? Yeah, I, I've got one. In the chat quickly, um, quite a few people are, are mentioning like their games where they feel like the bosses are disappointed. Jinjo says Calamity Ganon from uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, which is interesting. I, I still haven't played Breath of the Wild, so I'm like... No spoilers! I'll probably figure that one out later on. But I also have a Legend of Zelda entry in this. Oh, oh, this will be interesting to uh, hear about yeah. a little bit. Um, let's see. Uh, Ian says, Man of Genius says, the final boss of Fable 2, enough said. And um, Yeah, actually, I'm going to agree with him because I remember playing Fable 2. That was awful as a final boss. <laughs> I think it was literally only like a few shots and that was it. Really? Yeah, that was it. it I, even, I fight... I've went to the toilet. I've gone to the toilet quicker than fighting a battle boss. That's a great way of saying that. Uh, by the way, I mean at number one, not number two. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay. well, yeah, TMI, TMI, TMI. Anyway, Edge, Edge says Assassin's Creed 1, the first Assassin's Creed, and then Mr. Bernardo says Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is absolutely piss easy. Most Assassin's Creed have, don't have very good final bosses, I'll be honest. <laughs> And Jay Tetton, who's also in the chat. Hello to you, sir. Hope you're well. It says Super Mario Galaxy 2. I felt that was a disappointment. Yeah, I remember um, Super Mario Galaxy was it had a good boss fight. But yeah, Galaxy 2, I, I don't know. It's a bit of hit and miss with me on that. But my game, um, so how old was I? I was 12. I was 12 years old when this game, when it came out. It was, it was Spyro. Uh, Enter the Dragonfly. And I got it on the GameCube for Christmas. And here's me, 12 year old. I've played Spyro the Dragon, Spyro 2 Gateway to Glimmer slash Ripto's uh, Rage, and Year of the Dragon. And it's like, all of a sudden, Spyro, now on Nintendo. I'm like, what? This is my life. Like Sonic on Nintendo, Spyro on Nintendo, Crash on Nintendo. I'm like, this is great. This is everything that a Nintendo fanboy's dream, pretty much. <laughs> all of his favorite characters crammed into one console. So I got End of the Dragonfly. Um, yeah, I've said this many times. Um, I like to call it the Sonic 06 of the Spyro franchise because it's so broken, it's unbelievable. And um, my 12-year-old self internally cried because of the game. <laughs> it's like, it's so weird. It's like, your, I mean, it's your objective is to capture butterflies. But in order to do that, you need the special breath ability of bubbles. <laughs> and then you try and use your bubbles and you, you captured the butterfly. Uh, the dragonfly, sorry. Uh, but the dragonfly, despite the fact that you've like directly hit him with bubbles, still runs away, which I don't bloody, doesn't make sense. But the final boss, which made me scratch my head, the first thing when uh, in the intro, Ripto comes back. Ripto returns, and it's kind of just like, hang on, I killed you on Spyro 2, you fell into a lava pit. You like fell in and you 
you just you died. It's like, how the hell are you back alive? And then it's like you've got Gulp and Crush. Uh, his minions are still alive. They talk. They never talked, and apparently they talk, which freaked me out because I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. Wait, wait a minute. It's like all of a sudden I just hear Gulp go, yeah, what are we doing this time, boss? I'm like, wait, what, why Why do you speak? And why do you have a Brooklyn accent? <laughs> it <doesn't make> sense. <laughs> and it's, oh. got, it's kind of just like, okay, that's weird. But the final boss is pretty much, it's just you and Ripto in this arena. Um, and you're pretty much, I think he's got his scepter. He's trying to blast you and you're pretty much, I don't know, I think you need like rockets or some sort of, a, I think you use like the uh, the, the, the breath uh, abilities that you get electric, you've got, um, I'm trying to figure out what the other, you got ice, yeah, electric and ice and then you've got bubbles and then fire, but you got to use the elements as well to try and take him down. And as soon as you take him down, you I thought to myself, at least there's got to be a decent cutscene with this. No, it's just him talking to you. That's it. He's just stand there, says to me, he's like, I can't believe you defeat me. But don't worry, dragons don't survive, like, don't survive forever. Do they? And then that's it. Then he goes, black credits. I'm like, what? A winner wow. is you. Exactly, that's what that it is. Level. A winner is you. It's like, congratulations, you're a wiener. You defeated Ripto. <laughs> what's what's going to happen to him? Who knows? He doesn't fall into a lava pit. He doesn't, like, you know, fall down and, like, gets knocked out. No, he just stands there, looks at you and goes like, hey, dragons don't live forever, do they? I mean, I hope they don't. It's like, really? really? See, he's basically, Ripto basically just turned around to you and went, congratulations, you've completed the game. By the way, dragons die. Yeah, yeah, can't wait for you to be dead. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, wish you were dead. <laughs> Although, considering Spyro beats him in the second game, I can kind of see why he's dying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, just... He might have a little thing against him. I mean, it's... If, if you... I would have got it if, you know, if you saw maybe like a scar on his face or maybe like a little bit of like burnt... Like, I don't know, like a little like burnt scar or whatever but no he's like he's fully healed he's fully healed like how can someone be fully healed by landing in a lava pit it doesn't make sense <laughs> he's basically he is the mad dog of Spyro the dragon yes he is he is the mad dog he just will not die yeah, <laughs> it, it always confused me though because every time you had the time crisis game you had mad dog entering back he was like, haha, I'm back to kill you. But was it what? How did you survive the first? Is it Wild was Dog? That... Wild Dog or Mad Dog? I think it's Wild Dog. Wild Dog, I think. Yeah, there was yeah. Wild Dog. Yeah. Sorry, he just turns around, he goes, I'm back. How did you survive the last one? Ah, oh, well, you'll never know. No, seriously, how did you survive the last one? You blew yourself up. It's like, that's, that's, that's all he does in Time Crisis. Every time you beat him, he just has like a detonator. He's like, oh, he's at it again, run away. He's at it again. <laughs> oh, God, oh that wild dog and his explosives. It's like, <laughs> see you in next game, wild dog. <laughs> it's like, yep, we'll see you in Time Crisis 6. <laughs> Goodness. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much my uh, most disappointed boss in a video game. Um, Mr. Vanato says Origins might be different I don't know Actually probably Any and all Kingdom Hearts final bosses When you're max level Yeah where, when you're OP In a Kingdom Hearts game you, you pretty much Like you can beat The final boss easily James James What's your most Disappointed boss In a video game uh, Unfortunately It was Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor The very first one That they had And that was because It was a case of You did all of the stuff 
um, trying to take over overlords, warlords, all the people that you try to take over. You slash a lot of uh, orcs. You've got all of the equipment to set yourself up, to get yourself to perfection. And uh, what does it give you for all your efforts? <sighs> it's a bloody uh, quick time event, isn't it? Oh, that's always fun. The entire final level is a quick time event. It's just that you just, it's not even like a very quick one. It's literally like X. Do, 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 do. Okay, X. Triangle. Okay, triangle. Circle. Circle. Square. Square. Congratulations, you defeated Sauron. By pressing four buttons. I wouldn't have expected it. I thought, luckily they made it up for it in the uh, Shadow of War one, where you actually took on Sauron and you actually did fight him. But the first one with the Shadow of Mordor, it was a case of, you don't even get the chance. It's literally a case of, there's a quick time event. Well, can I fight him? No, no, you can't. Mash well, these that just buttons. seems worthless. What's the point of me doing all of that? Getting myself leveled up to the point where I could take on anyone. To the point you just yeah, because Shadow of, of Mordor is like a little tedious in, in the way that you build yourself up because you gotta get your orcs and the orcs gotta kill the other orcs. And it's like, okay, great, I'm working towards this goal. <laughs> and it was pointless. Wow, great. Yeah, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, I love the fact of you can basically take over orcs, get them to kill them or weaken them. And then the Nemesis effect, which I think is one of the best things that's ever been created in regards to gaming. But it was so it was up so high on my expectations all the way through. And then that last boss just plummeted it to the ground. It was awful. It's like, but why? Why would you do this to me? We were so close. The element of surprise, maybe. Maybe they want to, like they say, some games, they just want to hype you up. And then all of a sudden it's like, haha, fooled you. It's like we actually have no idea how to finish this game. We, we have Whoops. no, we have no idea. Here, have some buttons. Mash those, you win. Congrats. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That must, oh, that must have been the reason behind it. Oh, we need a boss fight. Ah, dang. Um. Uh, have we got a sequel, guys? Bob, do we have a sequel ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, check him in there then. Just, uh, just press these buttons real quick. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't. One game I would say it's not the final boss because the final boss was actually pretty tricky. But I, I, I want to say like one boss that disappointed me was in Sonic Forces, and that was the uh, Zabok fight, where you're pretty much you're just hitting. Him, oh, I remember that. <laughs> where you're pretty oh, much you, you're just jumping on him all the time, and then he has that last little bit of health, and then what happens? Sonic all of a sudden punch, punch, punch. Zabok punches, misses. Sonic jumps, goes down, punch, punch, kicks, knocks out. No quick time events, no nothing. It's just a freaking Sonic on his own. You're not doing anything. He just, the game just kills Zavok for you. I'm like, what's the point he in that? He turns around, doesn't he? He goes, no, that wasn't possible. And he's just there thinking, well, if you buggered off, I think you would have survived this. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it would have been fun if there was a quick time event. If you missed a quick time event, then it's like, you can't kill him yet. You have to get him again. But no, it's like, the, the game just does it for you. Imagine how boring that is, that you're saying, hmm, I wish this had a quick time event, because oh, yeah, yeah, this you is know, so boring. You know someone's gone hardly wrong in a game. But when when you... you're wishing there was a quick time event. <laughs> yeah, I was honestly wishing that. I'm like, where's a quick time event? That would have been perfect. And it's like, you know a game has gone a little bit downhill when you're actually asking for a quick time event. <laughs> 
goodness. So speaking of actual final bosses that are technically quick time events, uh, here's my Zelda entry. Okay. And it's fighting Ganon and well, uh, Ganondorf in Wind Waker. Oh. Because oh, you right. spend hours, hours, you know, through the trying to find all those. Um, Triforce pieces, and mind you, I played this in the original GameCube, so I don't get the go fast button. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to get all, all the pieces, and you have to go through all the dungeons, and you know, you have to do all the fetch quests and the thing, go go here, go there, etc. And then you get, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna save Zelda, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And then the fight is literally just the reflex attack. Just the A, beep, press A when it comes up, and that's it, you're dead. It's so much so that in speedruns, they have to get that technique or else you cannot finish the game. They, you, there's, they skip a million things, but you cannot skip that one or else you can't kill Ganon. Apparently, there was a story of one guy that just did the, the entire speedrun and realized he hadn't gotten that technique by the time he got to Ganondorf. Oh my god. And he got screwed. Oh. <laughs> he couldn't finish it. It, was like, it wasn't just froze at that point. It just got. It was at this moment he knew he screwed up. He, yeah, he had messed up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like gosh dang, Jinjos is. <laughs> in the oh, Jinjos! What is ram? What? No, I love that fight. I like stabbing Ganon in the head. He said. <laughs> but it's only like one input. It's so anticlimactic. You just dodge for a bit and then go. Okay, God. You know. Yeah. And boom. I mean, it might just give maybe some people it gives them like a good sense of satisfaction, just like stabbing a sword in the face of Ganondorf. Like it looks awesome. Don't oh, get yeah. me wrong, but it's just like uh, really, really, especially after all the Triforce collecting. I'm like, I, I can see that. I mean, I I personally I I do enjoy the fight, but I I get it when you say that like the Triforce pieces collecting is so tedious and so like you know it takes a good while until you grab everything and then. Getting up to that one fight, I mean, yeah, like looking at it, you're kind of just like, really? I, I think what's most disappointing to me is when the build-up is really, really, really good. Oh, I'm gonna get him, I'm gonna get him. It's just kind of underwhelming. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, ah. that's the worst part of the game where it just, it hypes you up to that final moment, but it doesn't deliver it. Jindros says get the Wind Waker HD version, they fixed that. No. I'm not gonna play it again. <laughs> <laughs> What's was enough? Is it just getting again? They've changed everything. They've changed the fight. So. <laughs> yeah, now you get to like wreck them. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> oh goodness. Kippy says Triforce uh, Hunt is not nearly as tedious as Wind Waker HD. Plus, you get the swift sail in there. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. You, you can get like let's say. Yeah, I, I know. I'm glad they fixed it for the re-release because I think that would make the game a better game. But mm. in my... Uh, when I played it, I was really mad. <laughs> also, also because there's uh, there's this one trick find in someone's cabana that in order to get the deed, you have to do like a bunch of stuff. And I always thought it was behind a sliding puzzle. And I'm really bad at sliding puzzles. I'm extremely bad at sliding puzzles. And I dropped it. I dropped the entire game because I'm like, I can't complete this. And then it turns out that the sliding puzzle was just a bonus thing you could do. And that it was like behind the fireplace. And I was like, oh, I didn't finish this game for like two years because I hate sliding puzzles. Nice. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Oh dear. That's just, oh man. Yeah, sliding puzzles can be a pain. Like for me, I, I hate I hate sliding puzzles. If something, some game comes up to me, and goes, here, try and figure this out. I'm like, I no. <laughs> my brain. Usually mess it up. My brain. Does it make it worse? <laughs> Do I have to finish this? Continue the story? No. Hey, back in doing it now, Mike. Yeah, it's like, well, you're going <laughs> on my book, game shelf and gathering dust for quite a while. <laughs> Goodness, James. Is there any other games that you have as well that you think is a little bit of a disappointment? There was one actually, uh, the new Wolfenstein game that came out. Oh, Wolfenstein Two. Yeah. The final boss wasn't actually technically a final boss. It was a case of you basically not big spoilers. You're basically taking over this huge uh, aerial uh, castle, basically. I don't know really what else to describe it as. But at the end, before you take over completely, you face basically loads of guys and then two mecha uh, bots. But they're like mecha bots you faced previously. You've got like loads of different places around where you just basically get a Gatling gun, just fire and hope to God you hit something. And then at the end of it, that was level completed. And then for the, f- and then you got to fight, you get to go against a big bad boss. But you don't actually, she's not actually aware you're there. And by that I mean, as in you're basically going into this TV studio, you're basically hiding, like going around where she is, coming down the lift, and then she sees you, and then she, fu- then she has a gun and she starts firing. And then that's it. It's just a quick um, R3, kill, blah, blah, blah. And then that's it. Game over. And that's it. That's the whole game. But you're just thinking, you know, you built this up so much. I was expecting her to be like a big mecha boss uh, fighting with fire and flames and power and everything. But no, that was a killer in the TV studio. Well, what do you want me to do with that, guys? <laughs> it's like... Where do we go from here? Wolfenstein but 3. <laughs> yeah, see, I think that I'm pretty sure there is a. I think there is going to be a Wolfenstein 3, so I'm hoping there might be this one with mechas. Yes, I really hope it's mechas because mechas are always fun to blow up. Or better yet, you go in and you uh, have like a uh, like a you jump into a mecha and you have a mecha v mecha fight. That wouldn't be too bad because Metal like, Gear Solid 4. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first Wolfenstein game, it ended with you taking on the big bad boss in a mecha with him in a mecha suit. So I was expecting sort of like the same thing. Or just like a big a uh, bit more hyped up, but no, nah, didn't get any of that, which I was really disappointed with. And uh, we've got Jinjos here who says, I've got another disappointed boss, Final Fantasy 7, where Sephiroth keeps spamming that one move. Yeah, guess mm. does it, has anyone here actually it's... played Final Fantasy VII? I have, yes. I, I can, yeah. <laughs> you, can vouch, you can vouch for this, Dan, can I, you? I can kind of vouch for that, yeah. It's like, Sephiroth, he just spams, like, one movie. It just be, oh, come on, bro. Come on. Isn't it, like, the really powerful one as well? Yeah. Like, the one that, kill, like, basically almost kills you guys? I, 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 I think that is the one, yeah. I haven't played it in so long, but I, bet, I think it's, it's, it's a very OP move. And you just think to yourself, like... Do I have to level up more for this crap or something? Or it's like... No, cuts the cutscene lasts five minutes. Oh, gosh. And then Mr. Bernardo says, Final Fantasy IX, that one boss you throw uh, Phoenix Downs at for a quick kill. <laughs> Seems to be a lot of role-playing games that are seen to get the most disappointing bosses. Well, because they're the ones with the most elaborate stories, isn't it? It's the Indeed. one that takes you in the longest journeys, and you're like, oh, the big bad, here it comes, the big bad. And usually, you know, even with Sephiroth, you get to, to, to really get angry at the character. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and you feel for the story and everything, you know, like Dragon Age. Again, you spend like, you know, 
30, 40, 50, 60 hours just building on stuff. Uh, and uh, then you fight the character that's the reason why we're all in this problem. And <laughs> turns out he's a pushover. You could have done it like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I could have done this day one. I could have just done this day one. Saved you a lot of hassle. Yeah. Ginger says, I hope in Final Fantasy Remake they fix that. Well, hopefully. I mean, hopefully they fix that. I'm looking forward to actually playing Final Fantasy VII the Remake, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, Strada message is saying, Final boss in Sonic and the Black Knight, easily defeated in a minute. Hurts even more since that battle has such an epic music track that you don't get to fully listen to it due to the lack of length slash difficulty. Yeah. I have I've, actually, yeah, I've seen someone beat that in like 10 seconds or something. Yes. The final boss. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, and the music is so good, but it's just kind of just like, slash, slash, yeah, you're dead, game over. Like, okay, that happened. <laughs> Goodness. Slash, slash, I've got to, come on, come on, I'm just going to kill you already. I've got plans. Also, I, I don't know, it's like kind of half and half for me. Sonic and the Secret Rings, the final boss. It's kind of like, it, it, it's, it's tr it can be a little bit tedious, but when you get close to like the evil genie, I forget his name, is it Razor? Razor something? Eraser Jin. Er eraser Jin. Get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because it's a book and he's an eraser. Ah. Uh, <laughs> but it's when you get close to him and then it's like, no, you've got to furiously shake the Wii remote in order to do multiple oh, attacks. Oh my god, yes, that's I'm right. I'm just like, I, freaking, I think that's I gained great. muscle that time when I was doing that because I did it like 20 plus times. <laughs> so here you go, guys. If you need to like, you know, build up your like freaking upper body and arms just play sonic in the secret rings do the final boss multiple times and shake the wii remote you're guaranteed to get muscle <laughs> who needs the gym <laughs> <laughs> uh did someone say secret um, rings i'm triggered <laughs> i have <laughs> someone mentions the horrible game <laughs> i have another one um oh. and this is from Star Fox adventures which is my favorite game of all time yeah. um but it has a really shitty final boss fight because yeah. it's a bait and switch and, and Andy knows but basically you spend the entire game basically uh, trying to undermine General Scales which is a big dinosaur he's spooky as well you see him at the start he like catches Crystal by the throat and tosses her off a space yeah. spaceship a space galleon pirate ship and uh, and that's like pretty brutal and he's got like this big old claw hand and you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that guy. He's apparently the tyrant of this uh, dinosaur planet. You've been killing his minions for probably like 40 hours, and uh, and when you get to fight him, you uh, you hit him twice, and then they go, haha, it wasn't actually General Scales. It was Andros again. Remember Andros? Oh, yeah, God, he's back. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Go yeah. fight him. Also, Falco's here, uh, and that's it. And like the fight <laughs> with with Andros is okay, but like I would have enjoyed fighting general scales properly like I yo know. Uh, i i honestly oh, thought because when i i did it like the second time when i when i completed the game i was kind of like okay maybe there's some type of technique that i can do in order to maybe have a full battle with so i've like tried to ice him i try to do like other things no it's still the same thing it's like you take hit two hits he hits you and then all of a sudden the voice goes like you are not worthy scales give fox the chrysola spirit and he's like i'll be back it's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> no and then yeah andrews that kind of freaked me out when i first saw that um oh it, he shows up in a very freaky way oh just God. uh uh i don't want to spoil that because it's actually kind of neat yeah but you know he's never been mentioned at all in the entire game nobody's been mentioning anything 
about this guy and then he just shows up at the end and it's like this is stupid this is very stupid i know and all of a sudden it's like falco returns and it's like what <laughs> uh there was definitely i remember one boss uh it wasn't really a final boss but um it's spider-man 2 for the playstation 2 mm. and uh it was mysterion oh mysterion mysterio whatever it was called you basically you meet him in a shopping mall and he basically stands there. He's like, you cannot defeat me, Spider-Man. I am more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And his health bar goes up, like red to orange to yellow to green. And you think, right, this is right. Okay, he's going to be a big boss. And I'm thinking, right, but you go out to him. He doesn't even move. He's like, come and hit me, Spider-Man, and you will lose. Literally, punch. And all of a sudden, his bar goes all the way down to zero. And that's it, game. That's it, you win. You win the boss battle. <laughs> Hit me with your best shot. Boom. Oh, my yeah, face. Yeah, hit me with your best shot. Whack! You're down. I'm pretty sure that was just a way to take... That must have been a way to like take the piss out of um, Mysterio. But I generally thought at that time it was a major boss battle. So I went, right, go, go straight in and attack him. Boof! It's done? You suck. There's a bit like that in, uh, in Hulk. But it's played for laughs. But I won't tell you what it is. If you've played Hollow Knight, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, go play it. It's a good video yeah. game. Yeah, I don't buy boss fights if it's played for laughs or basically doing a piss take. But it's when yeah. they actually, but when they're actually trying to make it a serious moment that and fail, that's probably what's gonna. That's probably what's worse. Mm. I agree. I can agree on that. Yeah, when you have something like that hyped up and you can just knock them out in one hit, you're just like. I mean, if it like say if it's for laughs, I I get it. That. Then... Yeah, if it's planned to be underwhelming on purpose, you yeah. go, oh, all right. I, but, I, I get it. But if it's just poorly made, you go, oh, come Why? on. Yeah. Jinjos talks about the general scales fight. He said that, bo- that fi- final boss was there. Like, I wish general scales as the final boss. Of the final yeah, boss. exactly. That or, like, you great. could have both, but, like, at least give me, like, some resolution on the horrible dinosaur man. General scales. General scales. Edge does say as well, well, James, here's the thing, he didn't do the 619. <laughs> Is that 619 Ray Mysterio you're talking about, Edge? Oh, <laughs> uh, I get it now. Yeah. That's wrestling. 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 Ha ha, wrestle joke. Hardy har har. Anyway, I think uh, we, we've talked about... Uh, our most disappointing bosses in video games and just uh, final bosses and bosses in general. I think it's now time we get on and play some more music, shall we? Absolutely. And this time we have Sophia's picks. Yes. So what songs have we got on the show today? Well, um, for reasons that you will see, they're quite uh, topical um, songs. But we're, we're, uh, we're going to start with a song from the OST of Pyre. Anybody that follows my streams knows that I love uh, Darren Korb, the person who uh, composes for all of Super Giant games. And this is no exception, it's a great soundtrack. So we're gonna have Path to Glory from Pyre. Awesome stuff. And what was the other song that you have selected as well? And the other song is a cover of the great soundtrack of Undertale. Uh, say what you may about the game. The soundtrack is unbelievable. Toby Fox also did a great job. And this is a cover by Richard E.B. of um, Asgore, the Asgore theme. But in this case, he called it Wrath and Cowardice. What kind of cover it is, you may ask? I think you're going to have to wait and listen. 
Indeed, indeed. So that's what we're going to have first, guys. From Pyre, it's going to be Path to Glory. So you're listening to the Tally Ho Show with me, Andy. And me, James. And me, Ram. And uh, we will be back in just a little bit uh, with Ram's topic. So get excited for that. But until then, enjoy the music. And we'll be back in just a little bit.
We are back, everybody. Uh, what you just heard was Path to Glory, composed by Dan Korb for the game Pyre, and Wrath and Cowardice, a heavy metal cover by Richard E.B. of Asgore from Undertale. And um, this is the third topic of the evening. And my gracious hosts have um, allowed me to present my topic. And my topic today is all about indie games. You know, in a, in a world where, where AAA games are starting to be a little samey, a little repetitive, a little counter-consumer, you, you can find solace in the sheer amount of amazing indie games out there. And so my question today is, what are your favorite indie games? What games do you like to play? What kind of things do you like about indie games that are different from uh, mainstream games? And uh, which indie games you're most looking forward to? James, Andy, I'll leave it to you. Would you like to go first, sir? Oh, all yours, buddy. Okay. So for indie games, like games that I've played and I really, really do enjoy, um, first one I would have to go for is Freedom Planet. And also for like, um, for the most looking forward to as well is Freedom Planet 2. It's so good and really great to see like this was going to be originally a Sonic fan game so many years ago um, you know the character was going to be uh, a hedgehog and they were going to face Robotnik but then the, the guy that um, made Freedom Planet just then immediately decided he was going to make his own it's just, he was going to make it into his own game and you know made some more new characters for it. and it just works so well the story is amazing it's it's a 2D platformer and I absolutely love platformers and just everything in that game works tremendously tremendously as well so having um, Freedom Planet 2 coming out um, I think it's coming out next year and there is a demo out for it and I have seen like a trailer for the for the uh, the demo and it there's some like new abilities on there like some new styles of get of the way to play it it's just Work looks really gorgeous, and I'm looking forward to like buying it. It's going to be so so great. Ginger's also says Shovel Knight, best indie game. Shovel Knight as well. I was going to say, I played it and absolutely loved it. I love sho- love Shovel Knight the bits. Good job for um, uh, way forward for getting that done, uh, for getting the made uh, making the game. Um, just again the story on that, the style, like how to like you know what what the objective is, and also the fact that there's also like. The DLC packs. I haven't got the DLC packs yet, but it's it's really cool to see like all the other knights that you face in the main game. You can now also you can play as uh, characters during the DLC, which is really exciting. I think they're going to try and maybe do it with all the knights. I think um, so. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Another game as well, which I really enjoyed, um, which I backed on Kickstarter, is Spark the Electric Jester. Now, this was made by a really amazing guy called the name of Lake Feeperd. Lake Feeperd, um, if you don't know, he's the guy that made the Sonic Before and After the sequel fan games. And, um, you know, he brought in some really amazing component- composers to make the soundtracks. And uh, those composers as well came in uh, to make the Spark the Electric Jester soundtrack. And just stuff about the game. The game is, again, it's a platformer. And I, I say it's a mix between Sonic and Kirby. 
So it's like, you know, you, you run really fast as well. It's not as not super fast, just, you know, pr- pr- at, a, at a reasonable speed. But there's power-ups as well. You pick up the power-ups. You can be, you can have a sword. You can have a surfboard. You can be uh, a magician. You could be edgy if you want to. There is a, there is, there is a thing, there is a power-up called edgy. And it's like, it's so badass. It's so great. And, you know, the objective of the game pretty much is like, your name is Spark. You're a jester. You, like, do fun. You make really, um, you entertain people. But the company you work for, like, writes you off. Like, makes you, like, like fires you. Because they're making now these robot entertainers. Um, because apparently that's what people like now. But the robots all of a sudden turn evil. So what Sparks, what Sparks pretty much unemployed. He has nothing else to do. So he's like, I'm just going to go save the world. That should be good. And that's pretty much the moral of the story is. Um, for another one game, which I'm really, really looking forward to coming out. Um, and it's been, there's a demo made of it. Lake Fipo made a demo. It's called Falk the Electric Jester. Falk is pretty much Sparks' uh, metal counterpart. So, like <laughs> Sonic with Metal Sonic, you've got Spark with Fog. So, and this is this is a 3D game. It's a 3D platformer. He's gone all out making this. There's a there's a demo out. Uh, there's a few levels on there, and there's a few remake. There's a f- couple of uh, remakes of uh, the original songs from the uh, from Spark, and it just. I've, I've, I follow him on Twitter and I've seen so many images of like what he's been what he's been up to and some uh, concept art of some new characters and it's like I've, I have a good feeling that this is going to going to work so well and in the demo it's like the object of the story is is pretty much like folk um, uh, is on a quest to find out what his actual name is and he goes to the uh, professor that may that makes him um, to find out exactly what's my actual name. He's like, oh, you want to know your real name? He's like, yes, what is it? He says, okay, your real name is. And all of a sudden, some enemy comes in, grabs the professor and runs off. So then your object of that game, I think, when it comes out is you have to save the professor in order to find out what folks' actual name is. So... It's an interesting concept to the story, and I say it plays really well. I played the demo, and I'm gonna play it again because it just it looks so gorgeous. Um, the shading, the graphics. Um, so yeah, Spark the Electric Jester, really a good game. If you haven't got it, get it on Steam. It is very, very, it's very cheap, and it is a bundle of fun. And Fault the Electric Jester, I'm looking forward to. May, I think it might be coming out next year. Who knows? You just gotta wait and see. But th- those are my games. Those are my games for uh, for indie games that I've enjoyed playing, and also I'm looking forward to as well. Um, Random Genius quickly just says has to be uh, Metroid being title, especially uh, La Mulana and uh, Zeom Verge. I think I've um, I've heard those games. I haven't played those, but I have heard of them. I know he has gifted me La Mulana, and there's a La Mulana too. I don't oh, know if it came out or if it is coming. Oh, that's. I'll have to. will have to clarify. I've I've heard of those. I'm I'm interested. I might actually get them myself at some point and give them a try. Ginger says, "Does Yokelady count as an indie?" It does. Yokelady. Um, I played the Alpha Toy Box and it plays really well. I haven't played the full game yet. I have it on my Xbox, but I I will get it at some point. And I got myself a Yokelady T-shirt as well, which is pretty hype. And uh, we also got Crazy Photographer Man, <laughs> who's jumped in the chat. And he's like, who's this? Who's the Australian guy talking right now? Gosh dang it. Crikey. Oh, mate. How's it going? Have you got your can of Fosters? Have you got your shrimp on the barbie and everything crazy? Tally, hope you. Hope you're well. Hope you're well. Um, thank you for coming by. James, uh, what indie games are, have you played or are you most looking forward to? 
the ones I've played that definitely stick in my mind are the um, couple of like, like short games. Uh, Papers, please. Those people mm. heard about it. Yeah, it's that yeah. one where you basically sit in that booth. And so it messed with my head so much because just basically doing that. But I love those sort of puzzle games where you have to really think about it. And the whole styling of it was incredible, and the story as well, which was brilliant, because the people you were letting through, you didn't know if they're part of the test, whether they're in by accident or not. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant game. The other one was uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, because I think... That does count like an indie game, even though it's... <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but it's just, I think, I've only played a couple of, I've only played a couple of minutes of it, but I loved Playing it, especially like oh, you talk night because you just like, uh, uh, just let me get this done, don't we? It's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And the okay. jump scares are really funny as well. But, oh. but my main, the main indie game I love is uh, a game just recently come out, it's full version of uh, Subnautica. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's uh, basically it's amazing because if it's a really interesting concept, the fact it's basically like farming, but it all takes place underwater. And I've never seen anything done now. And the production team that put it together put so much time and effort into it to the point where it's utterly brilliant. It's beautifully made. The visuals as well are just incredible. And I've seen a lot of other like YouTubers play it and just how much they're basically um, basically praising about it. And I can see exactly why. It just looks amazing. The gameplay as well is fantastic. It's just an all-round game to play, and the fact that you're, you pick it up whenever you want and just carry on from where you've left off, and you don't have to sort of remind yourself of what you're doing. But um, yeah, I just really love it because, plus, as, as well as a sailor as well, I'm quite nice. I'm, I really like the sea, so having a game which is actually based around the sea itself is just amazing. I love the second there. I'm actually looking forward to another game called Frostpunk by Eleven Bit Studios. Uh, this is just really. This was just um, announced recently, but it's basically like um, you get like Age of Empires, where you sort of make build up your city and your country and all that stuff. Mm. But they give you the extra option of making it, uh, making your decisions that count towards uh, how you how your city does and all that. So it's got like a little Fable Three part of it because I love that part of Fable Three where you can choose your own sort of style you could be a benevolent king or you could be an absolute terror dictator sort of person but frostpunk sort of brings that back into its game but it's up to you to sort of help your survive the survivor of your own colony and it's just, it looks amazing i'm really looking forward to when it actually finally get that go Okay, yeah, it's in- interesting, interesting games that you've uh, you've uh, talked about, Joe. So, uh, Subnautica, I haven't played, but I've seen like a lots of playthroughs on it. And yeah, as you say, like the uh, the graphics-wise, like the ocean and like delving into the sea and uh, everything, and like just seeing all different types of like you know mammals and just it's a really good. I mean, I, I want to grab it. It looks like a very chill-out, peaceful game to play, especially well until you get like with the big fish that can attack you. I guess then it's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> scary, yeah, you're like, you're so much avoid them. All. Like, oh, they, oh, he's a swordless fish. Ah, oh, big fish run away, run away. Yeah. <laughs> and don't also, don't eat me. I don't taste good. <laughs> so please don't eat me. I haven't showered for a week. You, you, I taste bad. <laughs> uh, you're in the water. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah. But then also you say Five Nights at Freddy's as well. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, I can relate to that. It's a, it's a good game. Um, jump scares can take you by surprise as well. I just need to try and finish the 420 mode, and then I can say oh. I've fully done it. <laughs> 
What I think is is cool about Feminist Afraid is I, th- I I always thought the original concept was very good. You know, it's like it's quite a scary thing. I don't think a lot of people are, are aware of how those animatronic, how big those were when we were young, mm-hmm. and and it always went through that uncanny valley, like it's sort of. It's the worst thing as well when you've got like in other horror games you have a chance to run away, hide, and then have to come back afterwards. With this one, you're stuck in one place. You can't physically escape. I think that's part of the extra what makes it extra scary. Mm. You can shut the doors, but then you lose all your power. But it's like and then it opened up at the end anyway. <laughs> that was the first time I get... did it. Night night one, I just saw like one of the animatronics move, and I'm like, nope, I don't care. Shutting all the doors. I'm not. I, I don't want to play this. <laughs> <laughs> That was my intake for that. So, Ram, what what is your uh, favorite indie games? Or what indie games are you most looking forward to coming out? Well, one of my favorite indie games, I think what I like the most about indie games is how they uh, they can give you experiences. Sometimes you, you don't go in like um, a game, you know, f- so much for the gameplay, but more for like the atmosphere, the aesthetics, the, the, the story. Sometimes you can like... Um, forgive those things that may not be as polished but as long as it gives you you know they can give you unique sort of challenges and, and work to explore and that's why I like uh, super giant games uh, so much and if you don't know they are responsible for Bastion, Transistor and Pyre and all three of those games are very different one from another uh, and you know <clears throat> Bastion is a, a kind of um, beat em up um, you know, you get like a, a bunch of different weapons and you you can mix them and you're trying to um, experience a different type of world um, through a, a mysterious calamity that has occurred. And then Transistor is about a sort of futuristic world, but it plays more like a strategy game because you're trying to go around like uh, these mechanical creatures. And Pyre is basically basketball uh, to try to get yourself out of purgatory. So they're three really <laughs> radically different games, but they they have such amazing worlds. They're unique uh, and I love them. And the music is amazing. And just all three of them, three different games, three different worlds. None of them is a sequel to each other. And that blows my mind. Yeah. Um, other indie games that I like, I like, again, I like games, I like survival games, I like games about crafting. So I like uh, Terraria, I like uh, uh, Starbound, if they would ever finish it, that'd be great. <laughs> and I, I really like Stardew Valley, and I'm really hyped about the multiplayer for Stardew Valley that's been to come out in a few months, hopefully. Because um, there's nothing that I like more than farming, but with friends. So I've, I've also like supported games. There's one called Orcish Inn that I don't think is ever coming out now, which is a shame, but you were an orc and you had to farm your, uh, your own hop and your... Your, to make your own beer and then you had to serve it and then you had to manage your customers I, I like those kinds of games I like Reseteer which you're uh, you you are the merchant NPC of a, of a world of an RPG world but you're the person who sells them the swords and the potions you have to figure out how to price them and make your sales and you know you can sponsor uh, dungeon crawlers to, to come and bring you treasures 
And uh, as far as games that I'm really looking forward to, there's one called, uh, well, there's the Jurassic uh, World uh, Tycoon game that's developed by Frontier, which are responsible for Planet Coaster, which is a very good roller coaster tycoon sort of game. Yes. I, so yeah, this is about uh, having your own Jurassic Park, and I'm really, really hyped. That's like the uh, they probably got one ages ago. It was uh, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and apparently this game is like a spiritual successor to that because it 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 borrows a lot of the same mechanics and uh, it just. Oh, it's incredible! It looks amazing the way that they've rendered the dinosaurs. For a dinosaur nerd like me, it blows my mind. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I'm so looking forward to seeing that come out. It's it looks amazing. Yeah, it looks really fun, and I wonder like what what crazy shenanigans you can get up to, and what how you can make your park look really cool. Oh yeah, I mean like. And also, it... you get to just get rid of one of the fences and just let T Rex roam and see what happens. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> That's basically it. They create that game to sort of make you say, "Well, right, you all gotta do this. You gotta become uh, tycoons." The other half people are thinking, T Rex, out you go. Enjoy your freedom. It's like I'm yeah. Just... <laughs> in the preview for it, that they did like a preview at Universal. Yeah, like they the the dev team was like, "Hey, check check this out. You can just let them roam free," and everybody was like. In the crowd. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like they just build up, build up the park, make it super popular, and all of a sudden, like, bored, T Rex out, have fun. <laughs> no, you save it first, and then bring the T T Rex out. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, save first because then you just be like, okay, I want to see if this happens. That was fun. Load. Let's start properly playing the game again. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Especially when you say um, with the likes uh, of Pyre and like Bastion and uh, sorry, what was the other game as well? That um, Transistor. Transistor. When you uh, yeah, that was it. When you say like you know they're they're made by the same company, but they're entirely different games. And I've seen Pyre be played, and I've played Bastion, and like the the amount of quality that is put into the game, like the soundtrack, of course, like the graphics, the gameplay. Oh, it's so polished. It's, yeah, it's yeah, gorgeous. It's, it's so gorgeous. And as you say, it's like Pyre is like basketball in purgatory. It's like I saw someone play it on stream, and like it looks honestly like a lot of fun and very enjoyable. And it's nice to see as well. It's like when you're playing against other teams. You, Sometimes you may get like someone from that team go, I want to join you. And then you like, you get like more characters coming in. So yeah, and you can learn more about them and the world. And, and it's just the thing, the amount of lore that, that is put into some of these indie games. Another big one is Hollow Knight, which is yes. very good. It's made by Team Cherry and it's fantastic and you should play it. And it has a bunch of like free updates that have come out. And that world is just oozing with life and mystery. And it's so cool. I love it. It's nice to see like the these indie companies. They every time they make a game, they always go out and make give it a hundred and ten percent. Like it's like yeah, the ones that are really serious. Just the creativity. I love it. I love that we live in a now. If you want and you have enough, uh, you know, creativity and 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 money, obviously, and, and force behind it, you can just make a great video game. And that, that's we do live in a fantastic time to be able where we actually get developers like this who just feel like, you know what, I want to make my own game and I want to see what happens from it. And you, they get 
like huge and they're just the amount of um, the amount of support they get from the games as well because you think about oh, yeah. a couple, like a couple of years ago this would have never even existed if yeah just to a, a game, so much to easier to support people who make great games without them having to sell their souls yeah to the big <laughs> To the development, definitely. Yeah, something like, by. And that's the thing is, like, someone like you know, like say, example, Undertale. You know, that was made, say, by Toby Fox, and then look, look how that kid turned out to be like an absolute smash hit. And now you're seeing it yeah. on the PS4. You're going to be seeing it on the Switch soon, which is very, very exciting. But it's like it's, you know, you say we live in a day and age now where it's like someone might have an idea for a video game, like I'm going to go do it, put a lot of time, effort, and let's say money into it as well. And who knows? Once you release that game, it could be it could be the next like it could be the next Undertale. It could be the next FNAF. You you just never know. You just never know. Yeah, there's like um, obviously for every good game, there's a ton of trash ones, right? Oh yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah. there's gems out there that are so cool. There's stuff that we didn't even know about because obviously Undertale got really big. But imagine all the stuff that that is good but just not that popular that's out there. You know those hidden gems. Uh, I I really like. There's a game that I like. It's a sort of a horror game. I always tell you to play it. <clears throat> it's called The Cat Lady, and oh, yeah. it's it's made by a, I think it's a Finnish or Swede team of called Harvester Games, and they always make these sort of creepy horror games that are weird and they're not perfect. You know, they're they're buggy or they're a little cliched, but they're so unique in the way they work and the stories they tell. And I love that. <laughs> like, I love the cat ladies so good. Even even if those games that you think that end up being like absolute trash and dumb, uh, are not that good, it's still a sort of learning point for the creators and developers because even if they turn out loads and loads of bad uh, games that don't get the recognition as you said they do, they can at least have the pride in knowing they've created a game and it's out there for people to view. And more likely, someone is in the world is playing it. Yeah. Something that you've created, which I think is just fantastic with indie games and uh, indie games in general. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what new indie games come out this year, and also for next year as well. As I, I'm I'm really looking forward to like what what else is gonna be uh, getting made, and also new like indie companies or you know people that just make games as well. Be interesting to see like who else is gonna be who's gonna make the next big indie title, pretty much. Uh, I I actually backed on Kickstarter the the man responsible for Deadly Premonition, Suda51. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. He he's having a new project which is what he calls a photograph based depth paying simulator. And it's about a photographer that moves to a rural British town where she's trying to pay her debt by taking pictures of strange happenings around the town. Uh, in order to get paid for them, and there's a strange murder mystery that happens, and and and, and wait for it once a month because this works also like in a, in a, their own little day, um, you know, time cycle. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Once a month, you can turn either into a cat or a dog for a what? night. What? <laughs> and all the villagers do the same. What? And oh, I am turning into a dog. Well, the thing is that I don't know if it's going to get made because it didn't get a lot of, of support, but I um, sure hope they don't give up because... I mean, is it over now? Is the Kickstarter done? Or 
No, I think it still has like a few days to go. Okay, but... I'm, I'm backing it. Definitely. <laughs> 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 yep. It's, it's called the good life. The good life. I'm gonna. It's, say, say... it's very funny already. I like it. I'm putting that I in say though about uh, taking photos of weird, strange, happy things, and there's like you said there was a murder as well, wasn't there? Yeah, there's like a murder mystery, and you're trying to figure out who's done it. And apparently, the way they want to develop it is that according to the way you interact with the townspeople, it could be anybody. Like, it could actually be anybody. It, like, the story would change according to how you react. I don't know how they can pull it hey. off, but hey, why hey, not? I didn't yeah. realize I was saying the game in Gosport. What? I didn't realize I was saying the game in Gosport. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Based in our hometown. Well, there you go. Wait, so does that mean... Well, they, call it, they call it Rainy that. Woods, so they might as well be. <laughs> so are you saying that you're... So you'll probably turn into a dog then in, like, at the end of the month. <laughs> And, and with that, you can go and, like, find uh, new clues or discover other things and move the story along or take better pictures and stuff like that. It's it's so original and crazy. I love it. And it's, and it's tropes that I like. It's about debt paying and management and you can and you can do silly mini games to make money oh, and you wow. can dress yourself up and it's, oh, it's perfect. It's all I ever wanted. So... <laughs> It's it's fun with the mini game, but it's also like it's it's a new, a unique way of of making and playing a game. Yeah, and that's what's so interesting about these sort of indie development scene. Just make whatever you want, and if people want to buy it, they'll buy it. They'll buy it, pretty much. Oh, that's awesome. I'd say that's a really good topic to discuss about that, and to say a few people in the chat have. Uh, talked about as well like what they're like interested in looking forward to uh playing as well uh yeah. ian also said like la mula uh mulana 2 is still in development i think it's scheduled for next uh, year there we go. and then edge says is kingdom hearts free an indie game no <laughs> no <laughs> you tried you tried Edge. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah that's a really good topic there like say that was really entertaining to talk about so thank you very much for that ram and no problem. It's now time to begin. It's it's almost time for the end of the show, guys. It's so sad. Aww. Aww. But before wow. before we end, it's time for this. It's the throne of games. <gasps> oh yes. Ah, oh, James. So would you like to do the honors in introducing this as well? And I'll find a vote. I'll find the voting poll. So if anyone wants to still vote, they can do so. Okay. So, I... oops. Sorry. Go ahead. I am so nervous, it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll open up the so we'll open up the poll for another middle and then we completely and then after that I will announce the winner of who is our new or returning king or queen on the throne of games. But for you guys, how have you enjoyed the show so far? I've had a blast, it's been really fun. I have as well. It's been it's been a really good show. It's been like very entertaining. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And to be honest, Sophia, it's been, been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show, and I've really enjoyed it. I'll definitely have to invite you back home again. For sure. Oh, with pleasure. Hey. Okay. Uh, so, shall we announce the winners? Yeah, uh, I've, maybe before, if anyone's new that's just tuning in thinking what the heck's going on, um, shall we do like one quick little uh, big boost for our characters? Yeah, sure. Go okay, ahead. So... Yep. Oh, after you, James. 
Okay, I was gonna say, yeah, okay, that works out for me. So, Sophia, do you first? Alright. My character that I've put in, the challenger, is none other than Fox McCloud. Just a pinnacle of video games, a legend of video games, the quintessential furry character in video games. He's been through such such a vital part of gaming history. Uh, the games that he's been a part of have been revolutionary technologically um, since Lila Wars. But you know, he he is a staple and he's unique. And uh, you know, him and his crew. They've done amazing feats in the galaxy, and uh, that's why I think you should vote for Fox. Okay, so we've just heard from Sophia with Vox McCloud and Addy. Uh, for our returning queen, it's the floor is yours. Yes, I'd say Bayonetta. What, like, what, you know, she she deserves maybe a, another week on the throne. I feel like she does. She's like one of the like all-time greatest female video game characters of all time made by platinum games and made by an amazing gaming company as well she's slick she has sass she's just like so chill and just you know even in the face of danger she's just got a smile and just like you know even like you know toys with them as well just toys with like the enemies which is just so cool to see and you know like she's just such she's got so much skill and got such great acrobatics with like her attacks and also with her gun wielding and other weapons that she uses and uh like umber witch you know witches are cool which is a pretty pretty badass and you know even without her powers she could still like win in a fight and that's why i think maybe she deserves to be the current queen of the front of games thanks very much guys okay so Shall I announce the winners? Drum, drum roll, please. My hands are sweaty. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally. My heart is pumping right now. You have no Mom's idea. spaghetti. Oh, Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous. Please stop. Make, <laughs> just tell it. Tell it already. Who's the winner? Okay. Okay. So, at a vote of six votes to two, oh. the winner is Fox McCloud. <laughs> Go ah. Fox! God, yeah, no. that's right. Wow. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Fox McCloud has dethroned Bayonetta after yes. just one week. Holy so good job, Chad! I'm feel? so proud of you. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Oh, I am over the moon. I can't. Oh. I'm so happy. I knew it. I knew Fox could do it. I tried. I tried my hardest, but in the end, you know what? I'm I'm not mad. <laughs> I ain't mad. Nah, you said you're quite happy about Fox McCloud, though. I, I'm, even... I, I'm happy Fox won, but it sucks because now you've got to like hold on to Fox. I don't. <laughs> I've got to find someone else. <laughs> yeah, you actually have to fight Fox again. Yeah. Not a happy ending for you. No, it's not. Actually, no, I didn't realize that actually. Good yeah, point. I know. It's like, oh no. She just says, I love Bayo, but Fox is best. And Edge says, Andy is 0 for 2 for guests on the throne of games. Kev yeah, from well, LMC got me. Now Sophia's got me. Who's next? Saying that, though, I think you're in the lead when it comes to us, though, Andy. You still have managed to oh, beat I know. me on every single one. There's going to be one but day where you're going to beat me. <laughs> I'm hoping it's going to be next time around since I've got Fox and Cloud. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll just see about that. I have an idea, actually, for a character. All I'm going to say is, he's small but mighty. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. Who could it be? No, it's a Pikmin. 
<laughs> it's a Nintendo. If you, it's a Nintendo. If you look at something. them wrong, they just like die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! So in in our true tradition of uh, having a our current like a current king or queen or a new king or queen, we have to do a little victory song. So congratulations to our new current king or new king of the Frono Games, Fox McCloud. All hail the fox. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> the crowd goes completely wild for Fox. So that means as well, we have a song to play. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> that means we have a song. We've got a song as well for uh, for our new king. And uh, it's going to be, it's good. We, we've had a Undertale medal cover. We're going to have a Star Fox slash Starwing metal cover mm -hmm. from the original game so i've got that all ready to go and then we've also got a uh the credits theme from rayman free hoodlum havoc because it's catchy as all heck and i love rayman free so um yeah but yeah that's it guys that is the end of the show we're done that's episode five oh. wow <laughs> time flies when you're having fun absolutely awesome but as I say like say thank you so much i say to uh to first of all to Sophia, aka Round the Dragon, for coming on as our special guest. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and hopefully you had yourself a very, very spiffingly good time. Oh, it's been great. I loved it. I can't wait to be here again. Yay! Tune in soon for a future show, for a future, for a future episode. Where she will Absolutely. hopefully defeat Andy again. No, I'm hoping that you win, so then you get the wrath. Ah, okay, that makes <laughs> sense. Mm, I get to defeat you. I was, I, that's there we go, back to back victories for Ram if she beats James in a future show. Ah, challenge accepted, though. There you go. We'll just have to <laughs> wait and see. Second of all, I want to thank, of course, James for being a an awesome host as well. It's always been a pleasure doing the show with you, man, as always. And it's been a fantastic and absolute pleasure having you as a co-host myself. Ah, my, my heart feel is warmed up now after you say that. Feel the bro, feel the bromance, feel the bromance. It's so strong. And you need something to the fact that you just lost as well. I need something. I need something. <laughs> I need yeah, love. Just some love. <laughs> Give just, love yeah. to Andy in the chat. Come on. Please. Give him some hearts. All the hearts. But yeah, last but not least, I want to say a big thank you as well from all of us to the chat, to everyone listening in. Thank you to everyone that has been chatting as well in the chat room, uh, listening to this live, and listening this in the podcast as well, whether you're listening to this any day of the week uh, via SoundCloud, and also sometime in the future, um, uh, very, very soon, it is going to, this podcast is going to be up on Last Minute Continue and iTunes. Ooh. Yeah. You guys are going up. Hey, you iTunes? We'll be going on iTunes very, very soon. Oh, awesome. I think we're going to be going on iTunes now. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, so things are slowly going up. So everything's all yes, good. Yes, we're moving up in this world. Yeah. Let's play the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And Fox McCloud shall lead us. Yes. Follow him to victory. Or, or the or the new king or queen when for, for the next episode. So just saying. And just saying. Fox McCloud forever and ever. Yeah. Well, considering well, he's now my sort of character, Andy, yes, Fox McCloud forever. We'll see about that. 
<laughs> but yes, thank you to everyone that is listening in live and also on the podcast as well. Hopefully you've had yourself a great time. Tuning into episode five, the next episode that we are going to be having, providing everything goes well, is going to be happening on Sunday, May 6th. So be sure to put that in your calendars because that is when we're having the next episode. We've gone through the halfway mark as well. After episode six, we've got four more episodes to go until the end of season one. Ooh, crazy, crazy Time stuff. Time goes by, huh? Indeed, indeed. But now to end the show, we're going to have from a absolute legend of a uh, of a uh, musician, and his name does have legend in in the his name does have legend in it. Metal Legend sixty four, Star Fox slash Starwing. It's the Cornarian Corneria metal cover. So get ready, guys, and if you just get ready to head bob and windmill if you have long hair. <laughs> head bobbing ready. Ed Bobby got the ready. But until- windmilling ready. Windmilling ready. All the hype. All the hype. But until then, guys, this is it. This has been the Tally Ho Show with me, Andy. And me, James. And me, Ram. And until next time, have a very good rest of the day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And we'll speak to you all very, very soon. Take care. And bye-bye for now. Take care, guys. Goodbye.
You shouldn't anger a magician, Spyro. I just might decide to turn you into a blue hedgehog or something.